Got him. <laughs> the world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is July 22, 2020, episode 222. And this week, you guessed it, Cold War 2. And I'm not your echo chamber, but I'm your 2222 buddy Basil 22. <laughs> this is Gons, not in a tutu, <laughs> but in some, some shorts. Yes. Uh, Elon Musk shorts. Lots of... T- <laughs> oh, Short gosh. shorts. Oh, no. That's what we need some <laughs> uh, some listener art of. Gons yeah. and his uh, Elon Musk <laughs> Tesla short shorts. Short They're my Tesla stock. Different. I'm sure you wore t- uh, smaller uh, garments in, in your t- competitive swimming days. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, I was Speedo all the way. And actually, I, I lived through the transition from the speedo to the jammer do you know what a jammer is i do know what the jammer is okay yeah so uh it's kind of like a it's kind of like bike shorts it's it's and, the uh, boxer brief of swimwear yeah, yeah it uh prevented us from shaving you know more than what we had to shave wow. as competitive swimmers wow you know there yeah. we we value information on this show and normally <laughs> we uh believe that there is no such thing as too much information and, uh, you know, there's exceptions to every rule. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's, it's no secret that competitive swimmers shave their bodies for major competitions. Uh, did, you didn't did, know this? Bikers do it, too. It's weird when bikers do it, though. And welcome, everybody, to <laughs> Who Else Shaves Their Body? A new podcast from Gons and Basil. <laughs> yeah, Let's this name all the types out. of people who shave it all. All right. We're already <laughs> off be- the rails, but we're having a good time. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, mm. you know, I wanted to. Did, did you have a story you want to tell, or did did we want to just jump into some? I had a little thing here that I wanted to do. Your little start thing the show while with. I consider my future. Okay, <laughs> okay. As you have an existential crisis about the podcast, <laughs> yes. Uh, I wanted to play this clip. I know a lot of people were upset that I was so mad at you, so I wanted to start things off with a little light heart. Uh, this is um, this is a, a, um, a some video footage from uh, i guess blue rose ministry hmm. uh where this guy apparently channels aliens Uh-oh. and uh it, it works the sound does justice so if you're just listening it's great but you're you're missing out on the facial expressions of the guy it's a 30 second clip here from an old ufo uh documentary so here we go i came across the blue rose ministry led by the reverend robert short he said for 50 dollars he'd channel an et for me i will be getting in touch with my contact or my source who is whose name or let us say whose identity is corton <laughs> <laughs> This is Central Control. (laughs) This is Central Control. Uh, I can't get I can't get over how funny that that footage is. Yeah, that seems legit. For fifty bucks too, what a great deal. (laughs) <laughs> this is a while ago too. I think this is uh maybe mid nineties or something. This is central control. <laughs> this is central control. 
Yeah, people in the chat saying demonic possession. Seriously, uh, wouldn't expect any less. The best part is that the guy interviewing him tries not to laugh. Yeah. And like the look on his face of trying to keep a straight face, that that's pretty funny. Um, but the squished face, yeah. Uh, I think I figured it out because uh, if you if you go to Men in Black, you ever see Men in Black, Basil? Mm-hmm. There's a scene where uh, this alien guy is basically an alien inside of like a human body, mm-hmm. and his face gets all scrunched up, you know? Yeah, and and all weird. It's very reminiscent of. This guy's uh, alien channeling and sugar uh, water. Yeah, yeah oh. same kind of deal going on. And I want to I want to point out one more thing because uh, this kind of went viral the last couple days. Is uh, Kamala Harris? Have mm-hmm. you seen that footage of allegedly Kamala Harris Mm-mm. on the news? No, you haven't seen it. Okay, this is more of a visual thing, so it's kind of hard to uh, explain. But basically, there's a side by side depiction. Of Kamala Harris on oh, uh, July 10th. Yeah. July 10th. And the one uh, next to it, July 18th. So only about a week difference. But you can clearly tell so- something's up. Either it's not the same person or they had some kind of plastic surgery mm-hmm. that went wrong. Yeah. It's a very bizarre situation. It almost looks like her face was stretched back you know like her eyelids are higher and like her cheeks are all pulled up bones are a little bit more defined men in black same thing do you remember that scene where the alien grabs his like head and pulls back the skin and makes him look kind of like a oh my gosh you have all these lined up and ready that is a disturbing picture i know it's a super disturbing picture but i'm telling you men in black man they're just they're giving away all the secrets and now it's all coming i saw that in the context of a bunch of other people that they that looked like they had similar uh things going on i think there's one with nancy pelosi and then they had one with hillary clinton but uh what turned me off to the whole story and why i did not pursue it any further was uh, they had Hillary Clinton next to her her known lookalike. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, the person who, yeah. you know, put well, a lot of time and energy into looking like Hillary Clinton. I'm like, okay, come on. You guys aren't yeah, that, even trying. That's maybe what's going on here, too. Yeah, it could uh, be a little body double. A little body, body double, double for sure. But it's just weird, you know, all these politicians in there. They're strange. Well, the weird thing is that nobody seems to notice or, you know, or I mean, somebody does, but it's conspiracy theory, (laughs) but it's just right there. You look at it. That does not, I mean, it could quite possibly could be the same person just with some serious, uh, either maybe it's deep fake. Maybe there's like a, you know, they have Snapchat filters, you know, you can turn yourself into a mouse or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they have live news broadcast Snapchat filters now. That's Which is possible. not even that crazy of an idea. No. It's, yeah, it, that, that kind of thing is definitely possible, especially if, you know, she's having a bad makeup day or something, you know, turn on the filters. Yeah. Well, and, you know, even to bring it a little bit deeper, you could have, uh, it doesn't even have to be her. It could just be like a semi lookalike, and then they overlay the, the Kamala uh, filter and run mm. her voice through the Adobe, uh, you know, voice modulation. And there you go. You can have all sorts of Kamala's running around. This is deep. This is deep. Um, deep. Hmm. You know what? I th- I'm not prepared to tell any cool stories, but okay. more or less, nothing's changed. Uh, I had an exciting <laughs> time the other day, but I'll save that story for another time. But okay. I want to thank Connie, who sent uh, who sent a... 
an article real quick right before we pressed record and um, the article or the headline speaks for itself but this is on entrepreneur.com kfc to 3d print chicken using lab grown meat of the future yeah so just something and and they're partnering with a russian company to do it oh good yeah yeah that's I, I, why why not the whole Russia, you know, Putin taking over the world narrative for stuff like that? That's what always I'm like saying. Trump stuff. This is the perfect way for Putin to get his uh, his troll farm nanobots into the uh, American food supply. Yeah. All right. Did you, uh, is there a flippy update that you want to? We got a short into? little flippy update here. That's right. Flippy, for those who don't know, is the uh, colloquial name for the disembodied robot arm who is taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use uh, Flippy as a proxy conversation to discuss the wide world of robotics sneaking their way into our lives. This one is, uh, we veered off the path a little bit on Flippy updates, so no, no robot arms per se here, but I thought it was an interesting little update in the world of robotics. Um, first we had robot dogs, then we have, you know, robot, uh, uh, well, girlfriends. And now we have, uh, I'm over here on smithsonianmag.com, beetles wearing tiny robotic camera backpacks give bug's eye view of the world. To understand the world at the scale of a bug, a team of scientists decided to see like one. Uh, By studying the way insects' eyes and head movements, they created a tiny robotic camera to ride on a beetle's back. In a study published Wednesday in Science Robotics, researchers explain how their work tests the limits of miniature cameras. Essentially a GoPro for beetles, the device is a fully wireless, power-autonomous mechanical mechanically steerable vision system the researchers write the camera sits atop a robotic arm that can move up to 60 degrees and capture panoramic shots or track moving objects so as usual you know i'm here to give the kids advice on future uh, career paths um you know what you've been growing up dreaming of becoming a beetle camera camera operator but sorry kids the robots are taking over that job too (laughs) no i don't know this is a little spy spy bugs man spy bugs and uh, it looks the picture here looks like it just i don't know why but it reminds me of the back of the delorean from back to the future (laughs) it is sort of a a crazy hodgepodge of they can uh, put a cap on it or like a you know (laughs) make it a little more they need to get uh, elon musk or uh you know tim cook or somebody to get their their aesthetic designers to make it look a little bit more sleek yeah yeah all right Pretty crazy, uh, though. I will say it's a pretty big beetle. So this is, we're not necessarily talking about nanotech here, but we do got to watch out for beetles. Another reason to keep beetles out of your house. Yeah. And uh, just to move, move it along here, a while ago, you got really stuck on this conspiracy theory joke, but uh, <laughs> some people believe it's a true conspiracy. It's about not a birds. joke. <laughs> about birds aren't real that yeah. birds are all all birds were killed or or taken away by the government in 1977 in like nixon oh, destroyed all the okay. birds and replaced them with spy drones yes well apparently they're out of work 
mm-hmm. or they're just tired of being birds. There's a <laughs> video footage of uh, somebody that shared this. This particular video has been shared 7.3 million times or viewed 7.3 million wow. times. It's a video of, you know, you know, when you walk around like college campuses and you have like a job, uh, you know, like a job listing a job or some kind of thing or a tutoring, yeah, tutoring, tutoring poster thing. or something. And they, they cut little slits and each of the slit has a phone number on it. You rip off right. the bottom, rip off the bottom. You can contact them later. Well, this one says tired of being a bird. And, uh, this person posts it. Uh, low on the on the pole there, and then a, a few birds come over and start, <laughs> start <laughs> taking pigeons. It off. Took all of the phone numbers. <laughs> they are tired of being a bird, apparently. Um, R.I.P. Uh, Epstein, A.K.A. Lil Mossad, in the chat says they aren't real guns. Take the foul <laughs> pill. The foul pill. Yeah, like wake that. up. Yeah. Wake yeah, up, I mean, sheeple. You can tell. Look at look at the look at the eyes on this one. Totally, <laughs> totally NWO. I mean, you can just tell. Yes, the lizard eye morphing. Okay, yeah. so let's jump into some updates here, Gons. Let's start out. That's right. We're going to start out over at dailymail.co.uk and the the headline paragraph is exclusive. Ghislaine Maxwell paid 25k to fake news purveyor Jacob Wool to smear Epstein victims and to get prosecutor Jeffrey Berman fired in an attempt to stall sex trafficking investigation against her. End headline. <laughs> Super six six line headline it's crazy they must have figured something out it must work it must be a keyword thing yeah you know i I don't like where that's headed though what's that i don't like where that's headed we're gonna have entire books as headlines i know that's what it is it's just all gonna be headlines well that's the thing they figure you know what so many people just read the headline they might as well put as much of the story into the headline as possible that's true yeah not a bad yeah, they're just working with what we got. Okay, Ghislaine Maxwell hired fake news purveyor Jacob Wool. Do you know this Jacob Wool fella? I do. You uh, do. What else? Well, is I don't he... know him personally, but I know he had uh, <laughs> been messing around with uh, some uh, some people that are in the truth type of space. I'll, I'll mention it later. But yeah, yeah I kind of had remembered that name and I could not place exactly where. Anyways, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell hired fake news purveyor, purveyor Jacob Wool to smear her and Jeffrey Epstein's alleged victims. A former friend has told DailyMail.com in an exclusive interview. As part of a $25,000 deal made in June, Wool and his lobbyist's colleague Jack Berkman also allegedly pushed to get New York uh, U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman, who had led Epstein's case, fired in order to stall or stop the criminal investigation into Maxwell. Wool and Berkman are far-right lobbyists who have become a laughingstock in D.C. after several failed attempts to smear top political figures, including Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Ted Cruz, Robert Robert Mueller, and Dr. Anthony Fauci by paying women to make false claims of sordid affairs and drug dealing. One of the women they tried to use for their uh, smear plots, Maryland model and paralegal Kristen Spielman, told DailyMail.com the men had been hired by Maxwell, who currently faces trial over charges she and Epstein trafficked underage girls for sex. Spielman, 36, said the lobbyists' brat 
bragged to her they had been hired in early June for $25,000 to dig up dirt on Maxwell's alleged sex trafficking victims and to get Berman fired using Berkman's supposed influence with Attorney General William Barr. Berman ultimately stepped down after a push from Barr, but less than two weeks later, Maxwell was charged on July 2nd as being a part of Epstein's sex trafficking ring and taken into custody. And then they've got some pictures there. This wool fella looks like, well, I guess he's 22. Yeah, okay, they mention it later. And I thought it was interesting, this woman uh, that they were using to uh, allege uh, malfeasance, she's described as, a, <laughs> one, here's the, the caption of one of the pictures, one of the models Wool tried to use for his Berkman smear plots, Maryland paralegal Kristen Spielman. So she's a model and a paralegal. She is either not a very good model or not a very good paralegal to need to. <laughs> she's living a very interesting dual life there. All right. When yeah. contacted for comment, Wool told the ba- <clears throat> Daily Mail that Maxwell deserves representation. Quote, every person, even those accused of the most odious of crimes, deserves representation and possesses the right to engage lobbyists to petition the government on their behalf. The 22 year old said this guy's. 22 oh my gosh that makes me feel old otherwise we cannot comment on client matters berkman similarly told dailymail.com all persons accused of crimes however terrible have the right to representation and representation in the court of public opinion Hmm. dailymail.com has contacted maxwell's lawyers for comment Federal documents filed this month show a company linked to Maxwell had hired Wall and Berkman to lobby on issues related to U.S. DOJ, Senate Judiciary, House Judiciary. DailyMail.com can exclusively reveal a form filed by the U.S. Senate uh, by Berkman's company, J.M. Berkman and Associates, on July 3rd under the Lobbying Disclosure Act shows Wall and Berkman were hired by Granite Realty. LLC, a frequent misspelling of Granite Reality, the company linked to Maxwell. Then they explain uh, for a few paragraphs here about uh, the difference between Granite Realty and Granite Reality. Granite Reality LLC was the uh, company that Maxwell used to purchase the million dollar home she was found hiding out in. Um, So skipping down a little bit, Spielman claimed Berkman bragged to her that he was really good friends with Barr and had persuaded him to fire Berman. On June 19th, Barr did release a statement saying Berman would step down, though Trump had reportedly been considering removing the prosecutor for two years. Berman at first refused to resign and then later capitulated when his deputy was announced as the new acting U.S. attorney for Southern District of New York. There is no evidence that Wool or Berkman had any role in Berman's firing. There is also no evidence that Berkman and Barr have a close relationship quote the second part of their job was to discredit the alleged victims of jeffrey epstein and her spielman said quote i believe those girls i felt like they were telling the truth and they were real victims i was disgusted with the things wool and berkman were telling me they were saying really bad things about them like the one girl who said she got pregnant by epstein and they made her get an abortion jacob said no her boyfriend got her pregnant and then she demanded money it was just a lot of stuff that made them look bad quote that's their job now to discredit these victims hopefully so that the charges go away or maxwell wins 
The lobbyist allegedly told Spielman their smear targets included Epstein accusers Virginia Guffrey, uh, Sarah Ransom, and Courtney Wilde, the model said. Spielman claimed Wall and Berkman revealed their plot with Maxwell during a night of partying at Berkman's Arlington, Virginia home on July 11th. The part-time model said the two men had already spent months trying to get her involved with their smear campaigns. Then there's a lot of pictures. Spielman and Berkman first called her last September, asking her to be part of a purported reality TV show that he and Wool were producing, which involved playing innocent pranks on celebrities and politicians. After whining and dining the model at DC hotel bars and restaurants, as well as dangling the prospect of a $300,000 paycheck for her role, the two lobbyists revealed their real plans, she said. Quote, At the third meeting, they totally switched things, Spielman told DailyMail.com. They said they wanted me to say I was selling Percocet to Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) Wow. I was uh, pretty shocked because that's a big leap from what they had sold me on. I don't want to have that sort of reputation. I'm a paralegal. I was worried about defamation suits. I was like, look, guys, I can't do that. The model said the fake news peddlers agreed to change their plans, but at the next meeting in October, Spielman said, said they presented her with a statement to sign claiming she had steamy sex with married Senator Ted Cruz. Spielman claimed Wall and Berkman asked her to read the bogus statement at a press conference scheduled the next day. Quote, I received a text directing me to a lavish fourth floor suite. The statement said inside was Senator Cruz clad in only boxers. After a few old fashions, I was a willing participant in a night of steamy sex. Despite his ugly face and overweight physique i could not resist the opportunity to be with a united states senator i was paid twenty seven hundred dollars for the evening on november 30th 2019 i received an angry call from heidi cruz the senator bank senator's banker wife she told me that i would be exposed if i ever saw her husband again undeterred i met again with senator cruz on january 4th uh, this time he flew me to austin so um let's see here this article okay. c- kind of goes on and on uh more relaying more of the details of this uh fake news plot um that did accomplish one of its goals but it, $25,000 does not seem like enough money to <laughs> well plus they can't get their date straight because it says that uh uh what date was it when they saw or allegedly when she saw him or you know part of the plot was mm-hmm. in September and then uh, on November 30th 2019 the the call came from Heidi Cruz and then I met again with Senator Cruz on January 4th, 2019. So 11 months earlier. Yeah. Well, I met again. Yeah. Well, they can't even the, get the dates yeah, right. That was all the fake statement that they wanted. I know. I know. To, I'm uh, just saying they can't even get their fake statements to be consistent. Yeah, sure. So there you go. Yeah. They're obviously. Drunk. First of all, they're not the smartest uh, guys because $25,000 to put yourself in that kind of risk is completely uh, undervalued, I say. Um, so yeah, there, there you go. So, uh, these guys were caught being paid to try to smear the enemies of Ghislaine Maxwell. And apparently it did not work out very well. Well, I think part of the story here that, you know, we, we only briefly touch on because there are other researchers doing a better job with it 
is the whole connection to Mossad here. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, well, as soon as I said that, I think the live stream went down. No, oh, classic. Classic. Uh, yeah. And um, one of the people that uh, Jacob Wall went after was uh, Adam Green over at No More News. Hmm. And uh, Adam tweeted this out, uh, I think yesterday, Jacob Wall framed me as the Comet Pizza Pizzagate arsonist, then worked with his friends in an attempt to get me banned from Twitter. And I remember this happening. There was uh, some you know, sketchy video footage of the Pizzagate arsonist of uh, Comet Pizza mm-hmm. or Comet Ping Pong. And, uh, you know, it was some white guy with a beard and Jacob Wall was like, this is a guy it was, it was, uh, Adam green from no more news. It was him. <laughs> and, you know, some people picked it up, but other people were like, that doesn't even look like him at all. Right. And he had to kind of defend himself, but that's the kind of stuff that Jacob Wall is out there doing. So, uh, and uh, there's, there, you know, the rabbit hole goes pretty deep when it comes to this stuff. And again, the connections to Mossad and, uh, you know, there's there's other guys involved at the whole Mossad connection. Uh, Cernovich, who uh, blocked me early on, and uh, there's a few others, and, and it, it's all kind of tied in. And they all they all sort of defend certain people involved with the whole Epstein case, and it's just very weird because they're against all this pedophilia and child trafficking, but there's like there's still good guys in there or whatever. That's what they say, yeah, right? And they point to you know the Epstein lawyer. You know, it's all kind of a big mess, and I'm not going to really try to. Uh, explain all of it here i'll i'll leave i guess i'll leave links um but you know no more no more news with adam green is uh, one resource you can go to to learn more about you know their connection to the uh the Mossad angle of this whole thing and uh you know for people that don't think Mossad is you know bad it's kind of like the central intelligence of uh israel there yeah it's uh, the CIA there's an article israel yeah uh, there was an article from haaretz uh, back in, I think this was 2018. Yeah. March of 2018. And the headline is ex spy chief says fun part about Mossad is that it's a crime organization. Netanyahu is not amused. And so, you know, ex Mossad people coming out and saying like, Hey, the, these guys are criminal. Uh, not, not something that's just made up in the fringe conspiracy world. This is stuff that's already out there. So yeah, Just things and to keep one in could mind. argue that uh, you know, it's intelligence agencies across all of every nation. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. break all sorts of laws all the time, or at least yeah. uh, are not held to the same uh, accountability. So, right. yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I forget. But there you go. There's a little update. Again, twenty five thousand dollars. That's uh, seems a little cheap for putting yourself at such risk, but Hey, he's 22. That was more than I was making when I was 22. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much he is making, you know, uh, spinning all this disinfo out there. Mm-hmm. You know, Cause he, he's labeled, he's, he comes across, and that's the thing about the whole Mossad, uh, Intel program here is that they, they pose as conservatives, you know, and they really, uh, th- that's, the, that's the most alarming part about the Trump, campaign or the trump uh, party so to speak is that it's uh there's a lot of help that it seems like he got from israel uh and you know uh, we can get into chaos magic we've gotten into some of that stuff before but we should move on because these are supposed to be quick updates let's do it let's do it okay this one uh it goes hand in hand here a little bit uh let's see um you know i actually have uh a story associated with this um, this is, this is on bakersfield.com, but it was originally posted on AP 
Twitter to crack down on QAnon as movement's influence grows. Actually, it was on Bloomberg. I'm sorry. It says here, Twitter will ban thousands of accounts associated with the QAnon conspiracy theory movement, which claims there is a deep state plot against President Donald Trump. The latest battlefront in the social media company's campaign against disinformation. Uh, the social media company said it will permanently suspend accounts tweeting about topics that it knows are violating Twitter policy and coordinating abuses around individual victims or attempting to evade suspensions. Twitter will also ensure it is not highlighting QAnon activity by keeping such posts out of trends and recommendation sections, as well as blocking URLs associated with the movement. Uh, Twitter didn't say how many accounts would be affected. NBC separately reported that about 150,000 accounts would be impacted, and so uh, far more than 7,000 QAnon accounts have been taken down in the last couple of weeks, citing an unnamed Twitter spokesman. And um, if you're looking at the screen, you can see the Twitter safety tweet that went out here. We've, uh, they tweeted out, we've been clear that we will take strong enforcement against uh, or uh, enforcement action on behalf. Uh, geez. Okay. Let me try that again. We've been clear that we will take strong enforcement action on behavior that has the potential to lead to offline harm, which is ridiculous because, you know, I'm not trying to defend QAnon, but at the same time, you, know, you got all these BLM stuff with people actually protesting and looting and all this stuff that's not offline harm but anyway in line with this approach this week we are taking further action on so-called q anon activity across the service so uh there you go they're taking down q anon that will only serve to bolster the movement and that's the thing that's weird isn't it yeah, like, they should know it by now. Every time that they censor something, it's just going to grow and give uh, credence to it. Um, it's exactly what they want. It's I like, know. oh, they banned us. Now you know it's true. Uh, now you right. know we're legit. It's a weird double type of thing happening here. I guess I skipped a story about or an update from Trump. All right, we can uh, do it real quick. We'll do it real quick. So Trump um, uh, talked about Ghislaine Maxwell here. Let me just play the clip. It's about a minute long. Then if it spends, by the time you get it back, it's three or four days if they do an efficient job. We're trying to get the testing on site. Thank you. I like it the best. And my follow-up, my second question, it's a little bit a different topic, but it's one that a lot of people are talking about. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell is in prison, and so a lot of people want to know if she's going to turn in powerful people. And I know you've talked in the past about Prince Andrew, and uh, you've criticized Bill Clinton's behavior. I'm wondering, uh, do you feel that she's going to turn in powerful men? How do you see that working out? I don't know. I haven't really been following her too much. I just wish her well, frankly. Uh, I've met her numerous times over the years, especially since I lived in Palm Beach. And I guess they lived in Palm Beach. Uh, but I wish her well, whatever it is. Uh, I don't know the situation with Prince Andrew. Just don't know. Not aware of it. Mr. So there you go. Jeez. Oh, yeah, right, dude. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Nope, nope. Never heard of it. No, never I heard of it. I don't know I what flight well. logs I'm on. Oh, no, I don't even know what a flight log is. Never been on one. Wouldn't know. I wish her well, though. Yeah. What that, a joke. That, that should be, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I was joking he's with probably, that. Well, you know, what, he want, what he's trying not to do is give her a reason to name him in anything. Yeah, true. That could be true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to say was, um, according to Q, this is like 33 degree chess, you know? Mm-hmm. You know how they say it's 5D chess? It's, all, it's gone all the way up to 33 degrees, wow, in my opinion. Wow. So, okay. <laughs> so there's our 33 <laughs> update. 
It's deep. It's deep, Basil. So deep. It goes deep. Okay. Um, okay, just a couple of little drone updates. Uh, one of them, I'm going to go from local21news.com. Uh, just a little something, just keeping our eyes on the drones here. A Pennsylvania company believes it has the solution to get fans back in the stands come fall. Aris Fog Company has developed a drone with enough power to sanitize entire stadiums in three hours. Given, uh, even getting close to those tough to reach spots like handles and underneath seats. If, uh, quote, if this wasn't going to be something that's going away in a short period of time, there's needs to be a solution to get people back back to the things they enjoy doing the most vague and <laughs> weird co- statement I've ever heard. Uh, Aris fog co-founders, Nick Brucker and Justin Mellinson uh, may have the solution a 50 pound MG one S drone with the ability to spray disinfectant up to 20 acres an hour and have people occupying the sanitized space within three minutes. Uh, quote, there's no room for error, you know, like human error. <laughs> could be uh, an issue where somebody might miss something. The drone isn't going to miss anything, said Melenson. The drone is similar to those used for fertilizing crop fields. It's totally autonomous and uses electrostatic technology, charging the disinfectant as it passes through the spray tubes. Aris, uh, Aria's fog says that gives the disinfectant enough sticking power to fully coat services and hit hard to hit areas like bottoms of seat and handles. Quote, it has a flight path and does its own thing. When it runs low on fluid, it will alert me and come back and land. I'll put more fluid in it. It flies right back out there. It stops, stopped spraying and starts spraying again. So anyways, they're just, uh, we've got, uh, they're taking the long, uh, long loved chemtrail technology and uh, putting it down into little bite size, little party size uh, chemtrails that they can use to disinfect yeah. uh, large stadiums. Um, so there you go. Little mini chemtrails for everybody. Uh, keep an eye out for that. If you want to get well, back to you know, watching. Hmm. Oh, I was going to say that uh, Obama was right. Drone strikes have saved lives. Can we shoot them down if over our property? Drones. Drones. And one more little uh, drone update here. This is from nationalinterest.org. China's drones are doing a little bit of spy work over the Pacific. Ooh. China is now flying a large, long-dwell maritime drone over the Pacific Ocean as part of a transparent effort to increase surveillance in the region and adapt unmanned systems to ocean conditions. The platform, called the CH-5 drone, recently completed its first flight test, according to a news report in the Chinese government-backed Global Times. The paper describes the drone as a medium-to-high-altitude drone system engineered to, quote, cope with complex complicated and dynamic oceanic conditions. The Maritime CH-5 variant, an adaptation of China's existing armed CH-5 reconnaissance drone, also tested several new radar and payload systems in the demonstration to include electro-optical, infrared sensors, and wide-region radars. Interestingly, the standard CH-5 variant is an armed drone with a fully autonomic flight control system, jam-proof data chain, and all-weather payload, the Global Times story explained. (laughs) 
and it goes on. But uh, more or less, we've got China making moves in the Pacific, uh, trying to, you know, get, extend their surveillance state to uh, keep an eye on all the, the fishies and whales and any pesky uh, U.S. military boats and planes that might be wandering around. Yeah, and this uh, launches us into some of the main topics of the day. Woo! Welcome to Chinese Shows! This was, uh, this was published back on the 14th, and um, I have it here on msn.com. It's a republishing from cleveland.com. It's titled, Rep. Anthony Gonzalez Seeks Confucius Institute Crackdown. Mm-hmm. And it says here, Washington, D.C., freshman congressman Anthony Gonzalez on Tuesday joined a growing number of legislators who are questioning the wisdom of Chinese government funded cultural and language exchange programs at, at American universities that critics decry as propaganda outfits. The program called Confucius, uh, <laughs> Confucius Institutes, after the famous Chinese philosopher, are intended to promote cultural studies of China on U.S. campuses, but a report released last year by an investigative subcommittee chaired by Ohio GOP Senator Rob Portman found the Chinese government controls, quote, nearly every aspect of their operations in U.S. schools, including veto authority over events and speakers. Legislation that Gonzalez, a Rocky River Republican on Tuesday, introduced with Florida Democrat Republican Donna Shalala, uh, a Cleveland native, Shalala, a Cleveland native who served as Health and Human Services Secretary during the Clinton administration, would give U.S. universities that host Confucius Institutes full control over what they teach, the activities they carry out, the research grants they give, and the individuals they employ. It would also bar applications of any foreign law on campuses that host the institutes and would eliminate federal government funding for U.S. hosts of Confucius Institutes that don't comply with the law. Ohio universities uh, with Confucius Institutes include Cleveland State University, University of uh, Akron, or Akron, Miami University of Ohio, and University of Toledo, according to a 2017 National Association of Scholars report that criticized the institutes. Shalala noted that the Chinese government suppresses freedom of speech, academic freedom, and other democratic values. Quote, as an educator, I understand the importance of academic independence and integrity in our institutions of higher learning, but through Confucius Institutes, the Chinese government is often able to coerce schools to follow a pro-Chinese Communist Party approach, said a statement from Shalala, who formerly served as president of University of Miami. Quote, the Confucius Act will support important cultural exchange with China while strongly protecting the values of American public higher education that have made it the envy of the world. The statement from Gonzalez said China's Communist Party, quote, has used these institutes to promote a pro-China image while actively working to steal American research and innovation and coerce our colleges and universities. It is time we hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable for their actions and work to protect American institutions of higher learning. In May, former Cleveland Clinic researcher King Huang was charged with fraud for failing to disclose his ties to Chinese universities and its government when he applied for more than $3.6 million in National Institute of Health grants. Last week on Ohio State University, rheumatology professor and researcher was charged 
uh, with grant fraud for not disclosing his commitments to China when he got $4.1 million in NIH grants and for using his U.S. research to benefit China. The Ohio State researcher Song Guo Zheng, 57, was arrested after he arrived in Anchorage, Alaska, abroad a charter flight as, uh, and as he prepared to board another char- charter flight to China. When he was arrested, he was carrying three large bags, one small suitcase, and a briefcase containing two laptops, three cellular telephones, interesting, telephones, uh, several USB drives, several silver bars, Expired mm. Chinese passports for his family, deeds for property in China, and other items, the U.S. Department said. A bill authorized by Gonzalez to fight academic espionage became law last year when it was included in the National Defense Authorization Act. His Securing American Science and Technology Act of 2019 requires the director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy to establish an interagency working group of science intelligence and security agencies to address the security needs of agencies and federal grant recipients. The bill Gonzalez and Shalala introduced Tuesday passed the U S Senate last month by a unanimous vote. So uh, we're hearing about this now and there's not a whole lot, obviously, you know, out there in the news and stuff about it because uh, most news outlets are compromised likely by uh, the Chinese communist party. Uh, but it's something to keep in mind here, and it goes uh, right along the story, the next story we have. But before we get to it, I found a document here, Confucius Institutes in the United States, July 2020, by Rochelle Peterson of the National Association of Scholars. And again, the link is in the description of CanaryCryNewsTalk.com once the episode is published. But uh, a lot of universities here, and the date they started the programs... Troy University back in 2007, uh, Alabama A&M University back in 2014. I'm not going to go through all of them here, uh, but University of Arizona started it in 2007. They're actually closing their uh, affiliation in July of uh, July 30th. So about in a couple weeks, they're they're shutting shutting it down. University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. That's a big one, yeah. at least around my my neck of the woods. Uh, 2010. University of California, Davis, uh, San Diego Global Knowledge University, Stanford University, mm-hmm. big time. Uh, University of California, Santa Barbara, big time school for, uh, uh, you know, partying and surfing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it goes yeah, on and on. Take a look at the, the, the list there. It is quite long and I believe it includes international schools. Um, but well, I think just, it includes the associations, uh, the Chinese Partner Institute. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you, I think you're right. I think it does involve some. I saw some school, but most of them are schools there. Okay, um, but you know, just to review, to put into simple words for those who might not have been following uh, the Confucius Institute uh, story or exactly what it is, basically what happens is the Confuci- Confucius Institute is, um, you know, an organization obviously owned by the Chinese communist party. They've recently sort of moved around ownership and created, uh, an additional governmental agency, um, to, or, uh, I'm sorry, they are calling it a non-governmental agency, but still created and run by CCP members. Um, uh, but what they would do is they would approach, uh, you, you know, colleges, universities, things like that, 
They would offer uh, Chinese curriculum, like, uh, you know, Chinese language classes, uh, you know, business classes, things like that. Uh, and all of the materials, the, the um, what's, what's the word called? The curriculum. Curriculum. All the curriculum yeah. is created by the Chinese government. Um, and they actually pay uh, the professors and, and administration costs to run these little mini Chinese institutes uh, within U.S. Uh, universities and colleges, which is a great, uh, you know, it's a great thing for these colleges because they get to offer uh, a wide range of classes for that doesn't cost them anything. They didn't have to write the curriculum or buy the curriculum. And the Chinese government is paying the professors. So they don't have to pay the professors uh, to teach the classes, um, but they get to, you know, uh, uh, offer these internationally, you know, important classes for students who want to learn more about China, how to speak uh, Chinese languages and how to do business in China. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of schools hopped on board. They said, yeah, shoot, you're going to pay for it. Great. And in fact, you're going to pay us. OK, sounds even better. Come on in, Confucius Institute. And then what we're finding is that the Confucius Institute was actually uh, used as a an espionage organization, A, uh, for some cultural infiltration and B, to operate uh, Chinese espionage, both in the academic realms uh, as well as the scientific and, and research realms. And that's where a lot of the Chinese spying was happening based out of these uh, these Confucius Institutes. And recently, a lot of uh, Confucius Institutes are being shut down. They're being kicked out by their organizations. Um, and that's being helped along by the FBI's ongoing, uh, you know, terrorism <laughs> investigations uh, in connection with Chinese espionage. But this has been going on for decades, you know? Yeah. Yep. And this is probably just one of so many different ways that China has infiltrated the United States that uh, it's hard to say that this is, you know, the only thing that's been going on in terms of espionage and Sure. Um, infiltration, but this is definitely a big one because it, you know influencing the university student is uh, is how you define culture. It's how you can get uh, certain ideas trending in culture. Yeah, well, that's uh, why you so. have all these young people who are so enthusiastic about communism, and it's obvious yeah. they don't know much about it. But uh, right. you know, they've had these Confucius Institutes in their colleges for. Uh, decades. And as in the words of the uh, Chinese representative we read last week, uh, socialism with Chinese characteristics is what they like to call it. <laughs> you mean totalitarianism? Yes. So <laughs> <to> communist <laughs> tyranny. Yeah. So uh, that's, I think it's a big, bigger story than, pe you know, people, again, it, it would be the biggest if this was, I don't know, 1960s or something maybe 50s 60s this would be the biggest story i i don't even think this can happen actually back in, in i don't know 67 years ago <laughs> but here we are yeah it's wild and, it's uh, completely wild and it's been a long game you know it's the the yeah. long game of the ccp where they have you know that it's hard for us to imagine and it and it's a worldview issue where in america you know most of us are at most looking four years ahead you know, who's the next president going to be and will I be happy about it or not? And, uh, you know, the the United States government, for the most part, is 
living in the present, just trying to yeah. uh, keep the American way of life uh, alive, whatever that <laughs> means for the current administration. But China admittedly has a 1,000-year plan for the for the nation of China. So yeah. they plan way far ahead. And so the 50, 60 years that these Confucius Institutes have been uh, uh, infiltrating our academia, uh, that's just step one for these guys. But it's nice to see that people are waking up to it. Um, you know, I, the, mm-hmm. well, before you get into that, the whole idea of, uh, you know, how Eastern, uh, you know, yoga and stuff, a lot of meditation, that kind of stuff became really popular out here in the West. Right. And, you know, it's, but that's been a longer, you know, not just the communist uh, Chinese government infiltrating the United States, but it's just interesting. You mentioned how <laughs> we're so concerned about, you know, what we're dealing with right now. And part of like the whole meditation process, you know, like, oh, just be in the now. Sure. You know, but it's, it's so convenient that like being in the now allows you to totally not pay attention to history uh, yeah, <laughs> at exactly. all yeah. and just uh, allows for this kind of stuff to enter in and uh, in, in droves. That's a great and point. So- yeah, yeah, it's an app. It's absolutely a great point. And it's kind of, you know, it comes up a lot in the conversation of capitalism versus communism. I don't know. Yeah. I, I could go on a whole diatribe with that. I've been having a lot of conversations recently regarding the uh, the sort of young people's philosophical ideas about communism versus uh, you know, and obviously capitalism is the bad guy. Uh, but if you just look at history, that's <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> you know, the I, opposite. I can relate to that sentiment too, because I remember even when I was very young, I was like down with the government, you know, I was like yeah. 13 and, and the type of uh, music and, and, you know, the different types of, uh, anti-government stuff that was out there was like pro-communist, pro-socialist type of stuff. So it was yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, down with the government, you know, trying to rule us, pro, whatever, pro, yeah, uh, well, you know, Shay or and whatever. It's easy, it's easy to get there if you just yeah. don't really pay a lot of attention. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we were talking about this the other day, and just so first of all, capitalism has done more to pull people out of poverty uh, across the entire world, not just America, than any other system that's ever existed. And you got to give it credit for that. Are there big problems? Whoa. What was that? I don't know. I can't see what's going on around me, but apparently my cat (laughs) destroyed some stack of papers or something. Um, I'll deal with that later. Uh, Where was I? So obviously there's big problems with uh, capitalism that need to be sort of worked out. Um, And, you know, the problems with communism are are myriad and obvious. Uh, Where was I going with this? Oh, dang. I had some big cool point, but uh, the your cat distracted something. You. Yeah, something crashed and I forgot. Maybe, so, maybe it'll come back in the next story. Yeah. Still oh, related. you know, is in is in the context of talking about uh, the six trillion dollars that allegedly oh, yeah. is going to bring America out of the, you know, the impending depression or recession. Uh, they're just printing six trillion and handing it out mostly to big corporations. Um And, you know, you do the math, you could pay every man, woman and child, every infant uh, in the United States a thousand bucks a week for three years. You know, if we're just talking about the context of getting people through coronavirus, whatever, um, 
for three years, every man, woman, and child uh, could get $1,000 a week for three years. And it's like $45 billion. It's like not even that much. Like that's yeah. how much, that's half of what uh, Jeff Bezos made so far in 2020. Um, you know, and, and that would be, you know, you're edging on a socialistic, communistic idea where, yeah, just give everybody money every single week yeah. and we'll make it through. But the problem is there uh, that uh, nobody works at that point. If everybody has all the money they want, nobody works. Not nobody, but there's no reason to have a sucky job at 7-Eleven or be a server or something. Um, well, yeah. And so then, yeah, everybody gets a thousand bucks a week, but there's nobody serving you at restaurants. Nobody's manning the counter at 7-Eleven. Society. Robots. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. have to have the robot, uh, you know, job takeover to even think about, uh, you know, just giving the amount of money away that would take to get people through this. Um, yeah. Anyways, and somebody somebody in the chat mentioned and, and scrolled by. I can't remember the name. They're sorry about that. I think it was on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make the same point, which was uh, you mentioned uh, how capitalism has done more, you know, to to help out uh, the world, you know, different societies. Uh, free market capitalism has done that. The crony capitalism that exists now yeah. is leaning. It's it's capitalism, but it's more socialistic in nature. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Again, if you're closer to the top, that's what China does well, too. Well, crony capitalism you know, is where $6 trillion gets printed and it all goes to humongous corporations that are closely tied with the yeah. government. That's right, crony right. capitalism. And, and that's kind of how China operates too. I know that they're, they're different because they're a one-party you know, system, mm -hmm. but you, the big companies, Tencent, Alibaba, those guys are very, very in with the government, but it doesn't look like... Yeah, you know, to someone that's not really paying attention or not using uh, uh, the the microscope, there it does look like oh, these are just corporations out of China operating, and sure. you know, look, it's all fine. But in actuality, they're in bed with the uh, Chinese government yeah, there. So, for all intents and purposes, they're operatives of the Chinese Communist Party. Right, Speaking of right. which, we got to move on. Um, Welcome to Chinese News. There we go. Some more Chinese news here. This was one of the big ones that happened over the past couple of days. I've got a couple of articles here, and I will try to weave them in a masterful fashion. Uh, so we're going to start out at CNBC.com. The headline is titled, State Department Orders China to Close Consulate in Houston. China Vows Retaliation. The Ooh. State Department confirmed on Wednesday the U.S. has ordered China to close its consulate in Houston, prompting Beijing to insist on firm countermeasures unless Washington immediately reverses its decision. The move is an escalation. Oh, my gosh. This cat is... Yeah. <laughs> Just bringing down this system here. Uh, the move is an escalation of political tension between the world's two largest economies. State Department spokesperson Morgan Ortegas said the directive to close China's consulate uh, general, consulate general, Houston, was made to protect. Whoa, gosh. Typo alert. Typo alert. 
me try to get through this again. State Department spokesperson Morgan Ortegas said the directive to close China's consulate general Houston was made to protect American intellectual property and the private information of its citizens. The Vienna Convention says diplomats must, quote, respect the laws and regulations of the receiving state and, quote, have a duty not to interfere in the internal affairs of the state, Ortegas continued. Which is a nice idea, but of course, consulates are basically headquarters for uh, international spying operations um, on on all sides. <laughs> yeah. uh, she added that Washington would not tolerate the People's Republic of China's violations of U.S. sovereignty and intimidation of our people, just as we have not tolerated the PRC's unfair trade practices, theft of American jobs, and other gregar- uh, egregious behavior. China condemned the dis- Wow, having some trouble, voice trouble today. China condemned the decision, warning of firm countermeasures if the U.S. fails to urgently rescind the order. Quote, the unilateral closure of China's consulate general in Houston within a short period of time is an unprecedented escalation of its recent actions against China. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin said at a daily news briefing that Associated Press reported. Washington is given China three days to close the consulate in the fourth largest U.S. city, China's foreign ministry spokesperson said. Alongside the embassy in Beijing, the U.S. has five consulates in mainland China, according to its website, in Chengdu, Guangzhou, Shanghai, Shenyang, and Wuhan, where the coronavirus pandemic started. A possible closure of the Wuhan consulate would complicate efforts to share information about the virus. Uh, And this is where it gets exciting, Gons. Reports of a fire. KPRC, Mm. an NBC News affiliate in Houston, obtained video footage on Tuesday from a resident near China's consulate that appeared to show a small fire burning in the courtyard of the building. This is great. Just a guy with a drone was spying on the Chinese. Yeah. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) Houston Assistant Fire Chief Rui? Rui. Lozano confirmed to NBC that the department responded to a fire in the courtyard at 34 Montrose Boulevard at the Chinese consulate at 8.20 p.m. local time on Tuesday. Crews that arrived reported no visible flames or smoke, Lozano said. Fire crews were denied access to the building because access to the property can only be obtained with consent, according to an international agreement. Lozano said fire crews remained outside the structure of the building until it was confirmed that there is no fire threat to occupants in the surrounding community. He referred to questions to the State Department regarding whether or not documents were being burned. And uh, yeah, if you, if, I don't know if you're playing the video or not, but for those who can't see, it is very clearly, uh, you know, trash cans with fire in them. And you can very clearly see people throwing documents into these burning trash cans. Uh, yeah. So th- th- they were trying to they're obviously purging documents um, so the u.s intelligence agencies can't get a hold of them um let's see moving down how did we get here i think we can skip the how did we get here we've been following the issues with china for a while um but then let's hop over to this other article express.co.uk which is the most frantic looking and annoying website to go to but we'll try to 
plug through here. China to inflict real pain on unexpected U.S. target. Huge warnings over consulate closure. Uh, consulate row. The remarks come from, ooh, tiny font. Let's make it bigger. The remarks come from Hu Zhijin, editor-in-chief of Chinese and English editions of the Global Times, a newspaper which is often an outlet for the Chinese Communist Party. It comes after Washington announced the closure of the Chinese consulate in the U.S. city today as relations continue to disintegrate. Following the closure of the consulate in Houston, China has also threatened to strike back uh, by expelling U.S. U.S. diplomats from their own embassy in Wuhan, the region which witnessed the initial outbreak of the coronavirus. Commenting on the threat, editor of the Chinese Times, Hu Zhijin, uh, claimed Beijing's response will be much more severe. He said today, quote, the U.S. has made some preparations for withdrawal from Consulate General in Wuhan. Washington must hope that China will retaliate by closing this consulate, which is a small price for the U.S. I think China's target will be more likely unexpected, causing the U.S. to feel real pain. So... This is funny. In response, Jeez. in response to uh, closing down the Houston consulate, the Americans in Wuhan just started packing up. They're like, "Okay, they're gonna sh- they're, don't even it's- bother <laughs> with shutting us down. We'll just leave." <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, this editor made a great point, which is, well, if if the Americans are willing to give up the Wuhan consulate, then we know it's not going to hurt them. We need to find another way to hurt them. The article continues as relations between China and the U.S. continue to worsen. Washington termed the closure of the consulate as a move to protect American intellectual property. The alleged threat of intellectual property and information in the U.S. was heightened as the Justice Department indicted two Chinese nationals on Tuesday. Oh, they got a couple more. The U.S. did so on alleged charges of a decade of cyber espionage against American companies. On Tuesday, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo reiterated the strong rhetoric against Beijing on a trip to Denmark. Ooh, he's going to Denmark to <laughs> throw some shade at China. He said, President Trump has said enough. We are not going to allow this to continue to happen. That's the actions that you're going that you're seeing taken by President Trump will continue to engage in this. Along with the U.S., the U.K. has seen its own relations with China deteriorate in unparalleled levels due to the imposition of new of the new security law in Hong Kong. Foreign Secretary Dominic Rab Rabe. Uh, announced the end of the extradition treaty with the state, which I got to give the UK some props for, um, you know, becoming basically a safe haven for uh, Chinese uh, political uh, refugees. Um, that's that's a that's a often not thought about. Uh, um, I would even almost call it a, a moral responsibility. For, you know, the the free West, if you want to call it that, to provide a place for uh, communist Chinese to escape. I'm sorry, the anti-communist Chinese people to escape. However, of course, uh, as is pointed out, that does open up the opportunity for infiltration. Um, Let's see. They talk about the UK some more. 
Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's that's what we're going to do. So there we go. Uh, we've got threats of real pain on an unexpected U.S. target. Uh, this will be interesting because, you know, closing down consulates mm-hmm. is one thing. But anything other than that uh, could he froze. be considered uh, a little bit more of an act of war. <laughs> Okay, Whoa. so sounds like I yep. lost guns. Apparently, there. Uh, the cat we'll got see if to we the, reconnect the uh, here. I wonder if that's internet signal over there is frozen issue. on all of my. Um, but if we disconnect here from for him, I must be disconnected oh, from the whole thing. Are you back? No. Nope. He's glitching no out. Good. The truth hmm. is getting out. He is a check machine one, that guns. I have created. Check two. All right. Uh, until we can get Basil moving Whoa. again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the point here being that, um, <laughs> the tensions here rising between China and the U S and, uh, part of it being uh, the, the reason why we named this, uh, episode cold war two is because it's been ongoing. This cold war situation has been he- heating up. Interesting choice of words there for me, but yeah, it's been getting worse and worse. And now we're starting to see actual collateral types of uh, events, Hopefully not uh, damage and, you know, more, I guess, uh, direct type of hits from China. I think China has been involved with a lot of the BLM movements and things of that nature to infiltrate the United States already. So uh, in that way, I feel like they have uh, already put America in a tailspin and and a lot of the the, uh, political divisions that we have now are based on, oh, you're back. Yeah, I'm you're back. back. I don't know what happened. You like froze up. You you were talking too much about China. I think they <laughs> they uh they, they froze your microchip. They're all uh, we must we must shut him down. <laughs> well, that's definitely a possibility. Of course, we know Bezos. You know he's he's got nothing better to do with all that money than to mess with our connection. Um, yeah. but yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I wouldn't. I think, you know what, Gans? They're not going to allow me to take my my vacation in uh, in China. I missed my chance <laughs> talking all this. You missed your chance. Yeah. Yeah. To go see the, the great wall. Yeah. But you know, it's fun wall. when I get uh, disconnected uh, from you on Skype, I get to just, I get to watch how you handle it on the stream. I was watching the stream. Okay. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I should have, I should have started doing a handstand and <laughs> <laughs> just know that I can still tune in and, and keep an eye on you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't know exactly when I, uh, when I got disconnected there, but, uh, more or less, yeah, China is, will be looking for ways to inflict some real pain on the U S and not, uh, not take the, uh, the abandoning of the Wuhan consulate as, uh, the price to pay. They must really like Houston, man. They must, (laughs) the Chinese must love Houston because they are so mad about it. Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting too, uh, just in the context of this last year, the general manager, I think of the Houston Rockets said some things about Hong Kong or China or something last year at the beginning of the NBA season. And that caused a huge uproar and they had to shut down events and stuff because, uh, there was a a handful of NBA teams in China during the preseason. Um, and I remember all that being a, a big issue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's a, there's probably already some tension there, but interesting, interesting that the, this is all happening. And I was just talking about how, uh, you know, the, the episode is named cold war two because of this West versus East type of narrative. 
and how China had already infiltrated, like we talked about in universities and stuff, but even through the race wars, a lot of the race war stuff could be, uh, you know, helped along by China and their uh, control of the media and things like that. So uh, this might be the first, uh, hopefully praying that it won't get to that point, but it might be a type of situation where we start seeing actual direct hits from China, you know, instead of like a, like a covert type of operation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to get us to divide, which they have certainly done, I think, in, in many different ways. It'll be much more of a, an open type of situation, in which case, you know, I'm not too worried because, you know, you know Trump's got his, uh, his missiles in a row, you know? I call it the super duper missile. Incredible. So I think we're good. We won't be in too much trouble. Yeah, if if we'll China tries to do something, we got the super, super duper super missile duper to hit him missile. back. Seventeen yeah. mocks. What did they say? Mock seventeen. <laughs> light speed. Light. I want to hear him say light speed. It I has think light speed. He said close when he was making that uh, announcement. I think he said the missiles could go close to light speed. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I could be just making that up in my head, but I that remember something awesome. about that. It's faster than the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, this is this this next story is part of this whole thing with China, although maybe not directly. But I think this is a uh, it goes along the same lines here. Speaking of the beast system, beast, 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 beast system. This was published by New York Post. Ex Google engineer says glitch may have exposed conservative blacklist. And mm. we know we know Google. Google, you're in with the with the Chiners. Google, so big, so beautiful. <laughs> Uh, Google said it has fixed a bug that led to several conservative websites disappearing from its search results on Tuesday. Oh my goodness, what a bug. But a former (laughs) engineer for the tech giant said the glitch may have inadvertently exposed an internal list that targeted certain news outlets. Quote, it appears to have revealed the existence of another blacklist that disproportionately targets conservatives, Mike Wacker said in a message to the website Mediate. Quote, the glitch is that sites on this blacklist disappeared from Google search results, but the existence of the list is very much by design. And that raises a major question. Why was this blacklist created in the first place? And what else is it used for? Whacker questioned. He's going to get whacked. Uh, For several hours Tuesday morning and early afternoon, users couldn't access a number of websites on Google search, including Breitbart, the Drudge Report the Bongino Report, and National Pulse. Occupy Democrats, a left-wing populist website, also vanished, but the New York Times and the Washington Post did not appear to be affected. Quote, Today we became aware of an issue that impacted some navigation, uh, some navigational and site operators' searches. We investigated and have since fixed the bug, Google said in a statement on Twitter. Quote, contrary to some speculation, this did not target particular sites or political ideologies. Today's issues affected sites representing a range of content and different viewpoints. It continued, our ranking system uh, systems don't index rank or classify content based on political lean, as we've explained in our House Search Works site. Uh, end quote. But Dr. Robert Epstein, who, was, who has studied Google's influence on elections, Agreed with Wacker, which, uh, interestingly enough, Basil, I don't know if you've read a, uh, a document that we received from uh, Greg over at All About God, mm. 
But he was he was citing Dr. Robert Epstein as part of uh, this whole bigger plot. Yeah, to I did. not I did just uh, yeah, not just route out conservatives, but um, just Christians and especially Christians. And a lot of biblically based sites have been pushed way down on the rankings uh, over the last year. So this isn't something that's happened recently. Quote, it's likely that a person or algorithm at Google added Breitbart.com and other URLs to one or more of the company's blacklists, Epstein told Mediate. Then perhaps after some pushback, someone pulled those URLs off the blacklist. Wacker, who was fired by Google in June 2019 after he wrote an article claiming, quote, outrage mobs and witch hunts dominate its culture, said the, site on, uh, said the sites on the blacklist, quote, are being penalized, quote, uh, and the glitch was that the penalty was accidentally set so high that these sites were effectively removed from Google search, Wacker said. I found that a lot of people tend to conflate algorithms with AI since they're both automated. But AI isn't as objective and mechanical as algorithms are, which is, uh, okay. I mean, I guess. Questionable. That's question, a questionable, questionable way to the, put the, it. The, the technical concept that they're even talking about is pretty questionable, but we don't have time to yeah, get into that. Yeah, since AI, AIs are basically advanced algorithms. So I, I don't know why he, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so there you go. Google. Ex-Google engineer says glitch may have exposed conservative blacklist, and this thing goes way, way, way deeper than conservative blacklists. I would argue it goes uh, into a lot of Christian sites and um, just anything that doesn't, you know, toe the party line. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, stuff, uh, there's a lot of action being taken on this, even from, uh, from from Christian and conservative sites are actually, you know, taking this to court and stuff. So this is a whole thing that's being dealt with. Um, and I don't know, maybe if we get permission, we'll talk more about it later from the sources that we get connected to that. Um, yeah. But you know, let's jump into some COVID stuff real quick. All right. Do you want to do your quick little update here? Yeah, I thought this was interesting that, uh, and this is kind of keeping, uh, keeping up with the beat that we've been, uh, you know, just mentioning along the timeline here, but, uh, express.co.uk coronavirus astrology, astrologers, bizarre claim COVID-19 will disappear quickly. And uh, we know about this year being aligned with a lot of strangeness with the the Protestant Reformation. And uh, I think last year, the astrologers were out there saying like, hey, you know, 2020 is going to be this crazy year. Uh, and this article, I don't, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it gets all like astrologically technical, which is really pointless for us to dig into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's it says here, astrology expert Eric Zander has claimed he has used astrology to divine the surprising future of the worldwide coronavirus pandemic. Xander investigated the horoscope of the coronavirus to reveal some discoveries that appear to contradict more scientifically sound COVID-19 research. Uh, he wrote, quote, coronavirus was declared with a lot of planets in Capricorn. I see the collective South Node, which represents our collective fate in conjunction with Venus, an air planet of gas. In Capricorn, which is in uh, which is the sign of suffering and material darkness, 
Capricorn is the 11th astrological house of the collective, which is furthering the syndication of fear and the virus. And uh, again, it gets kind of more yeah. technical and detail. And <laughs> one of I mean, the it, uh, <laughs> one of the great things. This is an example of sort of the collection of of uh, predictions, quote unquote. This person has one of them is what I really see is the disturbance with the collective economy and money. No kidding. <laughs> really? It took you looking at the <laughs> planets to divine that there's an issue with that. Okay. Oh, yeah, and the, the the conclusion here is a uh, quote: "We as a collective have been too lazy to change ourselves. We all know parts of ourselves we don't want to change, and people who don't want to change. This reluctance to change, this stubbornness, and being too attached to physicality, in addition, ignoring change altogether, needs to be addressed. So let go of unhealthy attachments and know that the material world is not your source. We already thank know you, astrologer this, buddy. guy. Yeah, thank you." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. We got it's all funny how they get headlines, you know. I I thought it was funny too. Yeah, that is funny. He got headlines, but also how he's saying it's gonna disappear suddenly. You know, there's a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists who could have told you that. You don't need the the planets yeah. to. Uh, tell Not you even that. conspiracy theorists. Just <laughs> right. people. Yeah. Scientists okay. too. Wear a mask. It'll go away. <laughs> Let's head on over anyway. to mysuncoast.com. Okie dokie. We are over here. Uh, the article is titled Concerns Arise as Some Receive Positive COVID 19 Results but Never Got Tested. So the yeah. story alone is very interesting, and I'm going to get into that. But also keep in mind, this is an ABC channel. This is ABC 7, WWSB. Um, so ABC being a part of the Disney uh, conglomeration, uh, which is owned. I forget the ex It's like 30% owned by the CCP or CCP affiliated uh, companies. Um I would like it to be 33% owned by the CCP. <laughs> yeah. So we'll just say that. Yeah. All right. Coronavirus continues to spread quickly across the state. Plus, now on the Sun Coast, although testing has been made more available, many say that the say there are some problems in really getting a handle on how much the virus is in our community. No kidding. It has nothing to do with being able to get tested, but instead, the results. The quickest turnaround is about 48 hours, and the majority of the time, it can take about a week of finding a week of finding out if you're infected or not. However, the most recent issue is getting back results that aren't even yours. Quote, I got a call asking for me, and they told me that I had tested positive. I was like, positive for what? Then the lady said, for COVID. And I said, that's impossible. I never got tested, ma'am. Mindy Clark said, Clark had gone to the drive through testing site at Manatee Rural Health, but before she was able to get swabbed, she left the line because she realized it was for people with symptoms only. Quote, I told them I needed to take this off my record, and they said I had to prove it to them that I wasn't positive, Clark continued. She tested negative just two days later and also 
also tested negative for the antibodies. Plus, according to many of our viewers, this hasn't only happened to her. Clark says if she and many others have been incorrectly identified as positive in the state's system so easily, how accurate are the numbers that are released uh, daily? Quote, this is part of the testing mechanism problem. People are sitting in their cars, sometimes for hours, or standing in line six feet apart, sometimes for hours. You're registered, though. You're number 15 in line, and you are Jay Wolfson. If Jay Wolfson says he can't wait any longer and he leaves, it will get number 15 and now get Rebecca Fernandez, who is standing behind him, and she tests positive. And then everyone from then on gets the wrong results. There has to be a better way to do this, explained Dr. Jay Wolfson, public health and medicine (laughs) professor for the... Uh, University of South Florida. While all this is happening, the virus continues to spread since the right people are not identified. Quote, it's such a bad time. (laughs) I feel you. Really? It's such a bad time. These last five months have been so bad. People don't need these added mistakes. Everyone is already so nervous and trying so hard. And these mistakes are really causing more anxiety in people, Clark expressed. The trust is real, but the disease is more real. Trust the fact that the disease is real. The data may be confusing. The state has to clean up their act, but the disease is real and very concerning. Protect yourself. Be safe out there. Be safe and be well, said Dr. J. Wolfson. If you've received a test result but were never actually tested for COVID-19, be sure to call the Florida Department of Health and get it sorted out, making sure those results are removed from your health record and the COVID-19 database. This is very interesting. I this this mm-hmm. uh, article really took me on a, a roller coaster of analysis. Because mm-hmm. first of all, it's uh, ABC. You know, yep. is one of the uh, outlets that is uh, uh, definitively towing the party line, um, the the official storyline of COVID, and they have all interest in. Uh, perpetuating you know the types of things that uh, are being perpetuated so to see an uh, a headline that says concerns arrive arise as some receive positive covid19 results but never get tested that sounds like you know a little bit of a a, a veer from the official story which was actually kind of encouraging i was like wow this is very interesting they're they're uh, they're mixing it up a little bit um and then you find out that it's, you know, it's not necessarily as uh, uh, nefarious as you would expect it to be. But then it ends with this diatribe of trust is real <laughs> and the disease is more real and trust the fact that the disease is real and it's all real. I'm so sad. I'm Dr. J. Wolfson. Um, J. Wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Or wolf in Ooh, white coat. Got him. Um, so yeah, you know, and in the context of kind of what we're talking about, uh, with Google and search results and things like that, I think we're going to see more of these, uh, sort of questionable headlines coming out from the mainstream area, uh, uh, you know, news outlets, because what it's going to do is it's going to repopulate, uh, people searching like, uh, is COVID real? Is COVID testing real? Uh, COVID-19 results, uh, 
you know, wrong or something. Uh, People searching for that type of story will then be led to this article, uh, which then which then gently, uh, you know, gently pushes them back onto the party line once they make it all the way through. So we've got some interesting, you know, uh, web search uh, manipulation, not not manipulation in like a blacklist or anything, but manipulation. And you make an article uh, headline to draw in the types of people you want to manipulate. And then you pull the old switcheroo on them. Well, plus. Uh, one of the things that it was pointing out was how if one person leaves and gets out of line, then, you know, the next person tests positive and then everyone after that is, uh, you know, you're one off the whole thing. Yeah, well, that it, could cause it, a lot of problems in a lot oh, of people's A lot of lives. problems. But not only that, but it suggests that they need some kind of like uh, more robust ID system. Mm, you know, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of subtly saying like, oh, we need better identification mm, methods yeah, good to make sure that you're you and we don't accidentally say that you're someone else and blah, blah, blah. Right. All you part got, of the Hegelian dialectic. quantum dot tattoo so we know we didn't yeah. mix you up with anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just uh, or, you know, they just inject you and we inject, we inject everybody. Shoot them in the vein. <laughs> Yeah. All right. There you go. You can okay, you can test so, positive even without testing. Yep. Yep. Okay. So let's move on here. We got a few more quick ones about the uh, coronavirus. This is a vaccine update. Vaccine. Vaccine. This was actually published on Wired.com, but I got the paywall, so I couldn't read the the Wired version. Mm-hmm. So I found it on. Uh, Science.slash.org. Science.slash. Yeah, I think this is, hopefully this is a republishing of it. But uh, the article's titled, COVID-19 vaccines with minor side effects could still be pretty bad. Mm. Quote, the risk of nasty side effects in the Moderna and Oxford trials should be made clear now before it ends up as fodder for the skeptics, argues Hilda Bastian a former consumer healthcare advocate and a PhD student at Bond University who studies evidence-based medicine. An anonymous reader shares an excerpt from her article via Wired. Uh, On Monday, vaccine researchers from Oxford University and pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca announced results from, I think we read this article the other day. Is this the one that talks about how half the people uh, got sick? Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. So this, this is the one we read a few days ago. Uh, where it says one third of the people vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine without acetaminophen. Oh, that's the other thing. They, they were pumping these people full of acetaminophen, mm-hmm. which uh, they should tell the public. Um, maybe I should just, uh, well, I'll read this part here. The press release for Monday's publication of results from the Oxford vaccine trials described an increased frequency of minor side effects among participants. A look at the actual paper, though, reveals this is to be market uh this reveals this to be a marketing spin that has since been parroted in media reports yes mild reactions were far more common uh than worse ones but moderate or severe harms defined as being bad enough to interfere with daily life or needing medical care were common too around one-third of people vaccinated with the covid19 vaccine without acetaminophen experienced moderate or severe chills fatigue, headache, 
uh, malaise and other feverishness. Close to 10% had a fever of at least 100.4 degrees and just over one-fourth developed moderate or severe muscle aches. That's a lot in a young and healthy group of people, and the acetaminophen didn't help much for most of those problems. The paper's authors designated the vaccine as, quote, acceptable and, quote, tolerated. But we don't yet know how acceptable this will be to most people. Uh... What about, the, what about the Moderna vaccine? Quote, according to the press release from May, there were no serious adverse events for the people in that particular dosage group, reports Wired. But last week's paper shows the full results. By the time they'd had two doses, every single one was showing signs of headache, chill, or fatigue. And for at least 80%, this could have been enough to interfere with their normal, uh, normal activities. A participant who had a severe reaction to our, uh, let's see, hold on. A participant who had a severe reaction to a particularly high dose has talked in detail about how bad it was. If reactions even half as bad as this were to be common for some of these vaccines, they will be hard cells once they reach the community. And there could be a lot of people who are reluctant to get the second injection. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I thought it was weird that, uh, you know, we reported on it and then it, it's uh, gone semi mainstream with uh, yeah. Wired. Well, I'm looking at it. Yeah. So I was looking at it again. This isn't the exact story that we read, but it does refer to it. I want to I want to read part of that Wired article real quick because um, they get a little bit into the the reporting of it as problematic. And I think this is very interesting because this is something you know, A, that we interact with on this show and B, everybody is going to end up interacting with um, as vaccines actually become available. So I'm going to skip the first paragraph, but let's hit this. As both of these groups talking about uh, the Moderna and the uh, the Oxford vaccines um, and others push ahead into the final phase of testing, it's vital that the public has a clear and balanced understanding of this work, one that cuts through all the marketing and hype. But we're not off to a good start. The evidence so far suggests that we're getting blinkered by these groups' PR and so seduced by stories of their amazing speed that we're losing track of everything else. In particular, neither the mainstream media nor the medical press has given much attention to the two vaccines' potential downsides. In particular, their risk of nasty as adverse effects. Even if they're not life-threatening, this sort of Puffery doesn't help uh, doesn't only help to build a false impression it may also dry the tinder for the future of uh, the future spread of vaccine fear-mongering then there's a block quote here if journalists don't start asking tougher questions this will become the perfect setup for anti-vaccine messaging Here's what they forgot to tell you about the risks. So, you know, we read, uh, we, even the story in we re- that we read on Monday where they were talking about some of the side effects, it was kind of, you know, had some rosy cheeks on it. It wasn't, yeah, you know, yeah. they were trying to make it seem like, oh, yeah, there's some headaches and stuff like that. But, you know, it turns out, at least according to this Wired article, that that is not a good way to go about this. Because if you're saying that the, the, the side effects are not so bad, you're just preparing everybody f- 
uh, you know, you're giving, uh, you're giving ammunition <laughs> to the anti-vaxxers. Uh, the, yeah. the article continues here. Back in May, a CNN report described the Oxford group as being the most aggressive in painting the rosiest picture of its product. So let's start with them. Just how rosy is the Oxford picture really? It's certainly true that this week's news shows the vaccine has the potential to provide protection from COVID-19, but there are flies in the ointment. After the first clinical trial for the vaccine began in April, for example, the re- uh, yeah the researchers added new study arms in which people got acetaminophen every six hours, uh, referring to what you just read uh, for 24 hours after the infection. That's not featured in their marketing, of course. And I saw no discussion of this unusual step in media coverage in early summer. Newspapers only said the vaccine had been proven safe with Reese's monkeys and did not cause any adverse effects in those animal tests. It was a worrying signal, though. How rough a ride were people having with this vaccine? Was the acetaminophen meant to keep down fever, headaches, malaise, or all of the above? The Oxford group is also giving acetaminophen to participants in an advanced phase three trial now underway in Brazil, too. In uh, in another major study of the vaccine involving 10,000 people in the UK, you can't participate if you have an allergy or condition that could be made worse with the acetaminophen. No mention of the extra drug, though, in the same group's trial in South Africa. Oh, of course. Of course they don't give the painkillers to the South Africans. Again, more racism in these... uh these... Uh, let me... And I'm making a joke there, but also not really. Because <laughs> yeah. they're... You know, I've, I've, I've talked about how PO'd it makes me to hear when they you know, are so aggressive with testing uh, on Africans, but now they're not even giving Africans the same painkillers to help with the experience than they are with uh, the UK participants. And, you know, one of those problematic pseudoscientific ideas that, uh, you know, black people have to deal with in the American medical system is that when they say they have pain, they are taken less seriously uh, and are... A prescribed pain medication uh, less often for the same pain reported by uh, white patients. So here you go. Here's another example. You got the African trials and they're not even giving them the painkillers that the UK people get. Anyways, moving on. Journalists could have pressed them on this issue months ago. The first people to get vaccines are carefully picked to be the least likely to have a negative reaction. If the Oxford vaccine is knocking them around badly, it might not bode well for the rest of us. Don't get me wrong. A day or two of pain or illness wouldn't deter me from getting the effective COVID-19 vaccine. But I think we need to be prepared if that's going to be the case. Um, And then it goes on doing the same thing, basically saying, hey, they are not being completely honest with the effect that these, uh, um, uh, you know, the the adverse effects that these vaccines are causing. And and which is true. That's going to give a lot of ammunition to the anti-vaxxers. You know, people start getting these uh, vaccines and feeling like total junk for three days afterwards. That's really going to turn some people off, I think. Yeah. And uh, we, we know that this is about something else, control, but also 
money. Vaccine. Vaccine. NPR.org. U.S. to get 100 million doses of Pfizer coronavirus vaccine in $1.95 billion deal. The federal government has reached a $1.95 billion deal with Pfizer to acquire 100 million doses of its vaccine candidate against the coronavirus if the Food and Drug Administration okays it. (laughs) The vaccine would be free to Americans, according to the deal, though healthcare providers could uh, could charge to administer it. Oh, so healthcare providers can can charge but it's free to americans okay the department of health and human services and the department of defense announced the deal wednesday as part of operation warp speed the trump administration's push to have a coronavirus vaccine widely available by january which by the way we didn't really talk about it earlier but did you notice how trump's all about the mask now oh yeah all of a sudden he's like He's like, it's patriotic to wear a mask. And he's like, you know, holding up the whole. He's got my president president logo on it. Beautiful. (laughs) It's the biggest, most beautiful mask. (laughs) Pfizer is working on the vaccine with BioNTech, a German company. Clinical trials began in April and Pfizer announced positive early results this week, though it has yet to announce that data uh, have been vetted and published in a medical journal. Wait, hold on. Let me read that. Clinical trials began in April and Pfizer announced positive early results this week, though it has yet to announce that data have been vetted and published in a medical journal. It's kind of worded weird, but okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Larger safety and efficacy studies could begin later this month. Quote, in the ongoing studies, uh, if the ongoing studies are successful, Pfizer and BioNTech expect to be ready to seek emergency use uh, emergency use authorization or some form of regulatory approach as early as October 2020, the company said in a statement. AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, which is that uh, company we were just talking about with all the vaccines having issues, mm-hmm. and Novavax have already received large contracts as part of Operation Warp Speed. Though Operation Warp Speed, we are oh, through. Man, I'm having issues too. Through Operation Warp Speed, we are assembling a portfolio of vaccines to increase the odds that the American people will have at least one safe, effective vaccine as soon as the end of this year, HHS Secretary Alex Azar said in a press conference. The agreement also uh, also allows the government to acquire an additional. 500 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine. 500 million. That's too many millions. Because we got to inject people twice. Concerned about price gauging. Gouging. uh, Gouging. Gouging. U.S. Rep. Jan Schakowsky, Democrat, Illinois, asked vaccine manufacturers at a House Committee on Energy and Commerce hearing on Tuesday whether they would commit to selling their vaccines at no profit. Moderna and Merck declined to make this pledge, of course. AstraZeneca said its existing deal with the federal government stipulated that it would sell 300 million doses to the government at no profit. Johnson & Johnson said it would provide its vaccine at a not-for-profit price during the pandemic. That'll be interesting. What if they they call off the pandemic? And they're like, oh, it's no longer a pandemic Mm because we have the vaccine. 
yeah. and all these guys can make all their money. Uh, Pfizer did not make a similar statement in its announcement on Wednesday's deal, and Shikowsky noted that the company had previously said it would sell its vaccines for a profit. Quote, we recognize that these are extraordinary times, and our pricing will reflect that during the term of the pandemic. Pfizer's chief business officer, John Young, said during the hearing, quote, We'll price our potential vaccine consistent with the urgent global emergency that we're facing. And secondly, we also believe and critically that COVID vaccines should be free to the public. A vaccine is meaningless if people are unable to afford it. He applauded the CARES Act, which he said would allow many patients to get the coronavirus vaccine with no cost sharing. Quote, we'll see what that means, Shikowsky said. So there you go. Millions of doses for free. Woo! For all, all Americans. Yeah. Thank you, all you science people. And yeah, you know it's interesting. Trump, uh, Trump's numbers began to fall uh, recently, specifically because you know, well, cited people cited his response to the coronavirus uh, thing, and it seems like he's trying to make those numbers back pre-purchasing way too many. <laughs> you know, they got 500 million of that one vaccine. They bought 100 million of the other vaccine. They're just buying up all these vaccines that he they just, don't, that don't, I mean, they're not proven yet. And of course, you know, they're cramming four to 10 years of research into four months. So we'll see how that turns out. But I, oh, I, I know think how he's trying I know how to, it's going to turn out. I, I think it he's trying. Chill. Yeah. Exactly. I think he's trying to flip his numbers for the uh, for the election coming election. up, trying to get the, uh, you know, the uh, the Republicans who are buying into it to get back on his side there. Um, yeah. So, Gons, we have this flashback here. I, I think that's kind of an evergreen and I think we should move it to next show. Okay. For yeah, time's sake. That's a good, good idea. That, that's do you fine. want to read the let's Do you want to give him the headline, though? Yeah, sure. We'll do a little teaser. Uh, this will be a flashback from Forbes, and the article is titled, Why the Who Faked a Pandemic? So make sure to tune in on Friday. 2010. Yes. 2010. Okay. Yeah. All yeah, right. Let's so, take a little quick break here. Yeah, let's take a break. It's break. Come on. Take a break. We went a oh. long time without a break. I know. Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break here, but don't go anywhere because after the break, we've got a report on each and every lovable member of uh, the four, four horsemen of the technocalypse. You're going to want to keep up with them. Um, some very interesting UFO comments from Marco Rubio, uh, and we'll see what we can get to after that. But uh, also um some welfare workers wearing some very suspicious t-shirts that actually got some of them fired uh so we will get into that right after this break don't go anywhere um so let's do this because what we want to do is thank first of all some of our new twitch followers gons are you ready uh yes give me one say okay here we go yeah okay got, you got, got the, it you're got ready i want to thank these twitch followers because uh we've been trying to build our group over there on twitch it really helps us out uh when you guys go and follow us there at twitch.tv slash canary cry radio but not only does it help us out and that's really true it really does so thank you that's why we thank these people um but also uh twitch twitch you know as far as a a 
a platform goes has been a pretty kind to us compared to uh, the way that YouTube treats us. YouTube uses and abuses us. Um, but it's also uh, got a, a more reliable notification system um, as well as a bunch of other fun stuff and more fun emojis. Twitch is where it's at. So thank you very much. If you haven't done it yet, I really uh, hope that you would consider going over to Twitch, make a new account. You don't connect it to your Facebook or anything. So that's a bonus. Um, but uh, make sure to turn on notifications because you know the way YouTube has been treating us, we don't, we don't know how long we're gonna be there. Um, and uh, 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 there you go, you need a backup. It's good to have a backup because notifications don't go out on YouTube very often. But, so I wanna thank some of these people here. First of all, Gons, I wanna thank Enoch, Two two three. Ooh, yeah. It's and like then we backwards have, three two two. Yeah, exactly. We've got brain chips ahoy. <laughs> Thank you, brain chips ahoy. I feel like that one's existed before. Uh maybe. And also, I think Didymus nineteen seventy nine. Gave us a little double follow, but thank you anyways. Random thoughts fifty nine. Girly eighty nine. Girly. USCG mom. Thank you, USCG mom. And now we've got an organic Twitch follower here coming in to say, uh, see what's going on. And the name, uh, name gives it away. Demon Wolf Lore. All right. Yeah, so (laughs) ominous, but uh, I think he's an organic uh, Twitch user. So that's always nice. Uh, We got PC, uh, PC Nihongo. Ooh, Japanese. Yeah, PC and Japanese. Uh, in undeterminable. Thank you, undeterminable. Uh, we got Billot. Billot 52. Hello. Hello. Bio. Uh, this one's great. Loving this one. Basil's favorite cat. Thank you, Basil's favorite cat, for the follow. Little Bunny Flu Flu. <laughs> yeah, J Wolf Twitch. And those are all of our new Twitch followers. Thank you guys so much for helping us out. Let me reload, make sure I didn't miss anybody. Nope, got them all. Okay, and if you guys want to shout out on the show, please uh, consider following us at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. Turn on notifications. It's a good time over there. They got the best chat, too. All the cool kids are over on Twitch. And, Gons, we're going to be smushing together our two breaks today. So I think it's time we thank some producers. Yes. Okay. And also Let's grieve. What? <laughs> I said, and also grieve. Oh, grieve. Yes, we do have some grieving to do. So yeah. for those who don't know, we're on the value for value model, which uh, to put it simply, we don't believe in advertising. We believe that that's part of the, uh, the, the economics of this world that have caused a lot of problems and have, um, put it has put the truth saying in jeopardy once you start taking advertising uh, then you tend to want to not lose those advertising dollars and you start to uh, edit your message to keep Swiffer WetJet's money in your pocket. But uh, we decided a long time ago that's not how we want to do it. We don't want to be beholden to the economic structures of this world. And we used to ask for donations, but that's really not uh, the truth of the situation. It's they're not uh, those who don't donate or help support the show are not just, uh, you know, uh, generous people. 
people who appreciate the work we do. They this is a real 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 world baby, which means if you help pay for a production of a piece of media like this, you are a producer. So we want to thank some of our producers here at patreon.com/ccnt. Uh, if you want to become a producer, you can also head to patreon.com/ccnt. Now here's the sad part, the grieving that we must do over the past few weeks, and it is tax month, so we're giving everybody a little bit of a break here. Um, but over the past few weeks, uh, n- not a lot of producers. And I got to say, over at patreon.com slash CCNT, we have zero new producers this week, Gons. Um, yeah. Last one was Treasure Cat back on Monday there. So we have no new producers. Very sad. And so in that case, I thought, well, let me go check the other Patreon account, patreon.com slash canarycryradio. And what do I see there? I see three deletions uh, since last show, which is also very sad. So not only do we have no new producers, but we had a couple people jump overboard there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Did we say something bad? Did we offend somebody? Did we speak too much truth? What's the deal? <laughs> Maybe um, I got mad at you and people got mad and they... Yeah, they say, don't don't be mean to my friend Basil. I'm going to take all your money away. Um, so, yeah. but, you know, there you go. That's the way it is. Uh, people, uh, for whatever reason, and who knows. Like I said, it's tax month, so it's a little bit of a more difficult month for everybody. So we, we feel you there. Um, but, yeah, nothing to report on the Patreon accounts. That has never happened since the beginning of us doing these live streams. Um, yep. But and, uh, for those who yep. don't like Patreon, we have canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. For those who don't like Patreon, that's okay. You can head to canarycryradio.com slash support. We got PayPal options there, uh, monthly subscriptions as well as one-time uh, support amounts for those who are not big fans of commitment. Um, but that's a great way to support us as well. And there's some cryptocurrency. Gons, please tell me somebody came in at uh, on the support page. Yes, we actually did get a new producer or a, uh, a one-time producer support. And it was from Daniel. So thank you, Daniel, for oh. not making it an empty show on the support Ooh, okay. section. I feel a little better. Thank yeah. you, Daniel. And in addition to that, uh, we received 49.4 XRP tokens. That's cryptocurrency from uh, probably the same source that we've been getting our crypto from, but yeah. we'll give a little a gong for that one. XRP, what's that sitting at nowadays? Oh, it's uh, 19 cents. 19? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, the all time high was uh, $3.20 something cents. Oh, we got to get uh, there. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's the banker's coin, man. I don't, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of XRP, but yeah. hey, if you're going to support us with XRP. Is that Monero? Uh, oh, that's Ripple, is what that is. No, that's Ripple. Yeah. yeah. Or no, Ripple is the company that issues anyway. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. No oh. nights. No okay. jingles. No nights. No jingles. Short break time. You know, maybe we should just sit here and waste some time as punishment. You know, we can either spend the <laughs> time reading them. out Don't producers' punish names. punish the producers. Or you can hear me read the back of a shampoo bottle during this time. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, so thank you very much, Daniel. And uh, yes, we understand... Uh, 
things are tight for everybody. But I will say, keep in mind though, uh, you know, it's it's a value for value model. So if you get value out of it, uh, you have the opportunity to put some value back in because that's the only way it keeps going. You know, there's only so long we can go uh, without people helping produce the show. And uh, we hope, you know, that the Lord blesses you all and you feel led to, to help keep the show going. Um, so thank you guys very, very much for considering that. And I think uh, once we get out of July, I, I think some people will have uh, find it in their heart to help support the show. Um, but there's other ways you can help produce the show. We've got uh, we've got uh, art. Uh, what do we got? We got art. Yes, we have producers who create art, very talented people, uh, art related to the show specifically. And uh, what do we got uh, today, Gonzo? We have uh, Gazel and Bonds sending us another piece of art here. Gazel and sure Bonds. Got, yeah. Allie, thank you very much, listener. Allie. Yes. Um, uh, she sent us three. I'm, I'm only going to show one for this episode here, but it oh, was we're gonna uh, save some, huh? We'll save some. Okay. And this one is a, a picture of Monty, a hand-drawn image okay. of Monty. Let's take a look. Hold on. Let me get over to where I can see what we're doing here. Oh, yes. This one was very good. Yes. Ready for the show. Monty is and uh, a very nice depiction of uh, one of the Montys here. This looks like Monty one and uh, he is surrounded by Canary Cry scripts and scripts yes. for CCNT. And uh, what does that one say? Twitch. Twitch user files. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there you go. The script for Canary Cry News Talk is written by the cat. And so we're very <laughs> grateful uh, f- that he takes the time to do that. And thank you very much, uh, Gazel and Bonds, uh, uh, a loyal listener and producer, producing all sorts of good art. And to keep the show a little shorter today, we're just going to show this one. But trust us, we will be showing the rest on Friday. Yes, and I believe we have another one here from, oh, gee, which one was this from? I think this was, was this Garrett? I think it was Garrett who sent us a series of uh, artwork. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, this Yes, it was Garrett. Thank you very much. Yeah, these are cool. Garrett, uh, he's been uh, uh, doing some art here and there for us for a little while, um, but we haven't actually been do- showing the art live on the show for a while. This one's great for those who uh, are just listening. It's a sort of a shadowy masked figure wearing the the mask with a, an, a sort of a retro style uh, green, purple, red, and black uh, all seeing eye on the mask there. And at the top is uh, the word resist. So resist we yeah. much. Thank you very much, <laughs> yes. Garrett, for that. And the last one we have here is from X4.0. And this one was actually sent to us live. Uh, during the show last episode, because uh, I, I went off on you, Basil, and <laughs> oh, yeah, I <laughs> got a little upset at you. And uh, somebody <laughs> just took that as inspiration yes. and uh, created art. It uh, this was great. Basically, 
I loved. It was waiting for us in our inbox uh, when we got when we got off the show, and uh, this is a a we talked about twenty eight days later the zombie movie, and of course, uh, you being irritated that I had stalled the show for thirty eight minutes. So we have here a picture. Uh, do you have it up there? I do. Okay, my stream's a little yeah. bit behind. Uh, yes, it's a picture of Gons. It's on MS Paint, which was actually in the, I believe it was in the file name that he sent us, an <laughs> MS Paint p- uh, picture, painting, I guess, of Gons. Uh, he's very angry, very, very My angry. eyes are bloodshot. His bloodshot <laughs> eyes uh, in your hat there, in your headphones, and you are being very aggressive, rattling a cage, and inside the cage... <laughs> is my head with my VR goggles uh, on the body of a canary. And I look very yes. sad at the angry Gon's zombie. Uh, you can't and then forget off, the, off to uh, the side there's the yeah. pair of pants that it took me 38 minutes to put on. That was a funny <laughs> one. Thank you very much, yeah. Garrett. So, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that, that was, that was uh, 4-0. X 4.0. Or, yeah, I don't, I don't exactly know how to... Uh, I think Reference it's just him, but four zero is what my email said. But there you go. So live art made during the show. Uh, so very good. Okay. Well, we got the we got the best, most artistic producers. I appreciate. I, know. I love it very all the, the drawings and everything uh, coming in. So thirty awesome job, everybody. Thirty eight minutes later. All right. Basil's okay. cage was rattled. Well, we better get okay. back to the show. Anything else? Nope, I think that's it. Let's get back. Okay. Yes, let's do it. it's wake up time. Hey, yo, wake up. Wake up time. Let's do wake it. Okay. Up, wake up. Let's get connected to all of our four horsemen of the technocalypse. The four horsemen of the technocalypse. Anytime you see the four horsemen, it's something special. That's right. You are already sort of a cybernetic symbiote. Neural nets are taking over from regular programming. So you are connected. Thanks, Elon. You are connected. Now, for those who don't know who the four horsemen of the Technocalypse, they are, we identified them years ago um, just to keep track of those who are going to propel us into the future Technocalypse. Those people are Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, and Bill Gates. And we've got a little report on each one of them separately. We'll start out with Elon Musk here. This is from futurism.com. And this article is titled, Elon Musk says Neuralink will stream music straight into your brain. Ooh. Yay. Elon Musk's brain hacking startup Neuralink is gearing up for a long awaited reveal on August 28th. Did you know this? Yeah, how did I, think I miss? So. He was I, maybe I forgot yeah, it. I, I totally yeah. missed August twenty eighth. That is very soon. Yep, wow. about a month away. We'll see. Well, hopefully it goes better than the uh, the Cybertruck reveal, where he busted <laughs> the window out. <laughs> Live in front of everybody. Uh, Elon Musk's brain hacking startup Neuralink is geared up for a long awaited reveal on August 28th. And Musk himself can't seem to help himself from teasing the brain computer interface. On Sunday afternoon, when computer scientist Austin Howard asked Musk on Twitter if we could one day listen to music directly through such an interface, streaming it directly into the brain, in other words, with no headphones needed, Musk replied with a curt, Yes. Uh, 
We still know very little about what Neuralink has been working on. Our best look so far came during a 2019 presentation in which the company showed off a device that hooks up to the brain via holes in the skull cut by lasers. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Early iterations of such a device are largely aimed at repairing broken neural connections in those who suffer brain disorders, including Parkinson's, Musk said during a recent podcast appearance. It's still entirely unclear if Neuralink's brain-computer interfaces will ever be able to bypass the ear, the cochlear nerves, and beam music magically into the auditory brain. But Musk has already set his sights on bigger things when asked by another Twitter user if Neuralink's devices could also help, quote, stimulate stimulate the release of oxytocin, serotonin, and other chemicals when needed, Musk replied with another, yes. While some high-tech headphones have promised to beam music straight to your brain, they achieve this by sending vibrations to the skull, not stimulating neurons inside of the brain. To make that feature... to, to make that feature and more of reality... Oh, typo alert there. Uh, no, I don't think that's a typo. To make that feature and more of reality? Yeah, that kind of makes sense to me, but maybe it's my ESL. To make that feature and more a reality. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got me. To make that feature and more a reality, Neuralink is looking to add more, well, brains to its operations. Quote, if you've solved hard problems with phones, wearables, ceiling, signal processing, inductive charging, power management, etc., please consider working at Neuralink, Musk tweeted over the weekend. Oh, so they're they're searching for talent. So I need more brains. There you go. We need more brains, folks. So there you go. Very interesting. You know, I I I did not know about the August twenty eighth thing, or if I did, I forgot about it. Uh, that's very soon. The future is almost here, Gonzo. Well, the vibrations to the skull is not anything new. The voice to skull technology has existed and has been used in warfare already. Yeah. As but uh, the, most of the uh, listeners He specifically know. said it's not uh, the, the skull vibration uh, technology. Did he? Yeah. Well, the, the article said that. Oh, okay. Yeah. To make it more real, I'm adding more brains. Oh, well, some high tech across. Uh, not stimulating. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Kind okay. of. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. Yep. So there you go. More. Uh, more to come. More to come. More force. Four horsemen of the technocalypse. The four horsemen of the technocalypse. Anytime you see the four horsemen, it's something special. I am not capable of hatred. This was published. This is more of a visual story. NewYorkPost.com. Mark Zuckerberg surfs in Hawaii with way too much sunscreen. <laughs> if you spend I, any I, time I, on Facebook over the past few days, you've certainly seen this picture. Yeah. Uh, what a joker. New photos show Facebook honcho. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg zipping around on an electric surfboard in Hawaii while wearing enough white sunscreen on his face to make the Batman supervillain blush. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to even read the story because I just want to see the picture. 
What do you What do you think about the picture? I, I sent you the picture of yeah. a close up of his face over the weekend, and you didn't even realize who it was until you were back on social media. No, I had not seen the the actual full screen picture. For those who uh, are just listening, it's a picture of uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and he's on one of those automatic surfboards um, that you that kind of propels itself through the water, and you hold this little. Uh, much like the thing I'm holding now, just like a little controller in your hand. Um, and it is just the most awkward thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, he's such a nerd. Uh, he's, and he's uh, on the thing and he's got he's got this weird outfit on, you know, those uh, uh, sunproof shirts. You know, it looks like he's wearing a sweatshirt in the water. It uh, does. And he's kind of sticking his yeah. booty out there and his face. <laughs> it looks like he's in white face. He looks like a mime. He looks like a straight I was gonna up say he mime. looks like a mime. Yeah. yeah that's what I thought. A and mime yeah. or a... before I had seen this picture, you sent me a extreme close up <laughs> of his face. And I'm like, why are you sending me this? I don't know what this is. I just ignored it. And it wasn't until I uh, logged on online and saw the picture. I was like, ah, okay. This makes sense (laughs) so he's testing out his futuristic surfboard technology there and you know when you're a lizard person you really got to protect your uh your human skin suit from the sun and so that's what he's doing there i'm just wondering who who was the person that said hey hey mark uh get over here we got to make sure to protect you from the sun I don't think anybody did. I think that was his. uh, This can only be the (laughs) the choice of an antisocial, you know, uh, billionaire with uh, psychopathic tendencies and a robot heart. Um, (laughs) That's why we. uh, It's white face. This is offensive. It's white face. It is. It's racist for sure. It's it's mocking, and uh, yeah, that's why we use the data quote from star trek as our sort of zuckerberg thing i'm not capable of hatred yeah because it uh i think it it kind of relates to that but also uh uh if you if you didn't think we lived in clown world before i'm a total clown here's your proof (laughs) all right let's keep going for time's sake here next we have the bezos Something special. Oh, I just got to love that laugh. SFGate.com. Jeff Bezos adds record $13 billion in a single day to fortune. Jeff Bezos added $13 billion to his net worth on Monday. Just for on on Monday on Monday Jeez. in one day. Now to keep that in mind, to just re- to refer to some math that I uh, talked about earlier in the show, thirteen billion dollars is enough to give every man, woman, and child a thousand dollars every week for an entire year. He could support the entire economy for an entire year with what he made on Monday. Ah, uh, this is. 
you know, okay, I'm going to read the article. We'll see if I still feel passionately about what I was about to say at the end. <laughs> Jeff Bezos added $13 billion to his net worth on Monday, the largest single-day jump for an individual since the Bloomberg Billionaires Index was created in 2012. Amazon.com Incorporated sh- uh, shares surged 7.9%, the most since December 2018 on rising optimism about web shopping trends, and are now up 73% this year. Bezos, Amazon's 56 year, wow, he's 56. Okay. Bezos, Amazon's 56-year-old founder and the world's richest person, uh, has seen his fortune swell 74 billion in 2020. Uh, that's about enough to pay every man, woman, and child $1,000 a week for four and a half, almost five years, uh, to $189.3 billion, despite the U.S. entering its worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. He's now personally worth more than the market valuation of giants such as ExxonMobil Corp., Nike Inc., and McDonald's Corp. Oh my gosh! He, as a as an individual man, is worth more than ExxonMobil. You know what else he's worth more than? What? The entire market cap of Bitcoin by itself. Oh, yeah, totally. Bitcoin is about $175 billion right now as, as we record this. Wow. He's worth, he's worth more than that. That's crazy. Yeah. Holy smoke. Insanity. Mackenzie yeah. Bezos, his ex-wife, gained $4.6 billion Monday and is now the 13th richest person in the world. Other tech titans are also enjoying a, surging, a surge driven partly by people forced to stay at home and helped by the boost given to market. Uh, markets by unprecedented stimulus efforts by governments and central bankers. Seven of the ten richest uh, people on the planet owe their wealth to the sector, including Elon Musk, whose fortune has soared around $47 billion so far in 2020. Uh, Facebook chief executive officer Mark Zuckerberg uh, has added almost $15 billion to his net worth, even as company deals with brands boycotting ads on social networks. So there you go. They they mentioned three of the four horsemen of the technocalypse. I know. That's what I'm saying. They're all coming together wow. with their billions of dollars. Yeah, that's that's why, man. Yeah, we were joking, but uh, we may not be as far off as we thought in I terms know. of the joke. Wow, that's incredible. It does. It just <sighs> breaks my heart to see how much trouble people are in nowadays. You know, but, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, we're kind of tongue in cheek when it comes to uh, people becoming producers of the show, although it is serious and we do need it. But we understand the times are really hard, but it really this is this is its own kind of uh, class warfare. Just reading this article makes me so mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's uh let's get to the last one here. The last fourth, the fourth horseman of the technocalypse that we haven't mentioned yet. The four horsemen of the You're taking things that are genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. Right into the vein. Right into the vein. Right into the vein. This is allafrica.com, Nigeria. Bill Gates donates $1 million to address COVID-19 pandemic in Nigeria. 
The UN finance support platform tagged one UN COVID-19 response basket fund says it has received uh, additional $1 million to help Nigeria to address challenges posed by the pandemic in the country. The UN development program, the UNDP, which manages the basket fund made this known in a statement on Tuesday in Abuja. The statement quoted Mohammed uh, Yaya, Yaya, the UNDP resident representative in Nigeria, as saying that the additional fund was to aid Nigeria as it witnessed a rapid rise in the number of confirmed cases. Mr. Yaya said the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has donated $1 million in support of the Nigerian government in addressing the challenges of COVID-19 pandemic on July 14, 2020. He said the UN welcomed the contribution of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation as it aims to support the country's response in the management of the crisis and the realities of post-crisis, particularly in the protection of, of vulnerable persons. I thought it said valuable persons. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's only valuable persons, huh? Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the story here, and it gets into some other details. Yeah, again, of, uh, and <laughs> anyways, yeah, so uh, he's continuing his work of influence over there in Africa, as he's been doing for a while. Um, and it's interesting because a million dollars is nothing for this no, guy. No, it's, it's not a lot of money. It's absolutely he nothing. Should, he should do that to help people in his own city probably just whatever you know yeah, just I mean, <laughs> just whatever we should be hearing more like there should be 10 of these stories a day for it to mean anything although we know as the bill and melinda it. gates foundation aside from other all the other nefarious uh things surrounding uh that organization that uh 501c3s like um that organization i believe that might yeah yeah 501c3s um, you know, they're just investment they're firms, really. They're, yeah, they're tax yeah. havens and investment firms. Um, and the money is used to uh, propagate agendas that we're all aware of here on this show. Um, okay. Yeah. So for time's sake, I do want to get stuff. one last yeah. story in, Gons. Okay. Okay. Aliens. <laughs> is that that's, it? Wasn't there more to that jingle? Uh, there was. I don't have it necessarily <laughs> okay. prepared here. I was but, sitting uh, here waiting for the whole song. <laughs> Aliens. Uh, okay, here we go. Vice.com, another Vice one here. Uh, originally on Motherboard. Uh, Marco Rubio hopes UFOs are aliens, not Chinese planes. Florida. All right. Florida Senator it. Marco Rubio said he hopes that UFOs are extraterrestrials and not advanced Chinese aircraft. In a July 16th <laughs> interview with CBS reporter Jim DeFeedy about a range of topics, including the government's COVID-19 response and the possible existence of extraterrestrial life, quote, we have things flying over our military bases and places where we're conducting military exercises and we don't know what it is, and it isn't ours, Rubio said. Quote, frankly, if it's something outside this planet, that might actually be better than the fact we've seen some sort of technological leap from the Chinese or Russians or some other adversary that allows them to conduct this sort of activity, Rubio said. Quote, that is to me a national security risk, one we should be looking into. 
Defeat and Rubio were talking about the U.S. Navy's declassification and release of three UFO videos in April. The videos show Navy pilots encountering strange objects in the sky. The Navy isn't saying the objects were extraterrestrial, but it's not discounting that fact either. At the time of release, former Nevada Senator Harry Reid said the videos only scratched the surface of the Pentagon's UFO research. The State Intelligence Committee, which Rubio currently chairs, recently required the military to produce a report about its UFO task force. That report will presumably be forthcoming. This week, after the death of civil rights icon John Lewis, Rubio tweeted out his condolences alongside a picture of himself with Maryland Republic Elijah Cummings. During his interview with the feed, Rubio said he would be happy to find out that aliens were visiting Earth. He would be happy to find out that aliens were visiting Earth, <laughs> rather than be met with advanced technology from an American military rival. A popular theory among extraterrestrial skeptics is that the Navy pilots encountered advanced aircraft from Russia or China, not an alien species. It's even possible, though Rubio discounted this in his interview, that the encounters are part of an American advanced weapons program. So there you go. Mm. I hope they're aliens and not the Chiners. You don't know what you're looking at. What's driving that thing? It's not a space alien. Aliens. It's unidentified. Is right. that what you're hoping? It's unidentified. Oh, it's back. Oh, it's back. So there you go, guys. <laughs> hope it's, Hopefully hope it's, it's aliens, aliens not and Chinese. not China. Or Russia. You didn't mention <laughs> Russia. Russia there. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty wild. I mean, it's pretty wild to have such a candid conversation with, uh, with uh, you know, a, a, sitting, <laughs> a sitting representative. Yeah, I think this is the slow emergence of the conversation and revealing some kind of disclo- open disclosure. There's already been you know, some UFO researchers, uh, you know, Ellie Marzulli being one of our colleagues, he would suggest that they've already done disclosure, like that by releasing some of that military footage and stuff, they're already disclosing right. that there's some kind of uh, presence here. Well, um, the, the I, I tend to- value of Rubio saying this is, I mean, it is pretty blatant. So, yeah. you know, let's just say the full disclosure does come out. Said, yeah, there are aliens and they do kind of fly around and spy on us. It's pretty weird. Oh, but at least it's not the Russians, everybody. Am I right? <laughs> or, or the Chinese. <laughs> yeah. And the part, that, the very last sentence of this article, mm-hmm. uh, it's even possible, though Rubio discounted this in his interview, that the encounters are part of an American advanced weapons program. That, that also is a big part of this. I feel like that a lot of the technology that we see up there that's unidentified is advanced, not just American, but you know the, the whole New World Order technology that they've been withholding from the public and, right. and things like that. So yeah. that's, that's more likely of what it is. And of course, you know, we, don't, we don't think that there are extraterrestrials that evolved on other planets. They're that not are here running extraterrestrials. Around. They're interdimensional. Thank spiritual you. beings inhabiting gray's uh, biological meat suits that were carved precisely from cows and other livestock in the American Midwest to create humunculi that can be uh, possessed by uh, evil spirits. There you go. It's obvious. In I don't other words, having the, and the birds, the birds are definitely involved. In other words, 
Russians and Chinese is what you're trying to say. Oh, God forbid. It's the, the misdirection. Chinese, yeah. It's okay. the misdirection. All right, everybody. Okay. Are you good? Aliens. Aliens. I'm good. Aliens. <laughs> okay, we're getting loopy here. I think it's time to call this one. Thank yeah, you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Here's the thing. Remember, remember, we're going to be back on February. Feb- Why did I just say February? <laughs> The Whoa. aliens microchips are your yeah. microchip is uh so, I gotta get into I'm, to get yeah, the your software is starting to glitch here. Will, I mean, <laughs> we'll probably be back in February, but what I meant to say was we'll be back on Friday. <laughs> oh my gosh. Friday, sometime between noon and five PM Pacific Standard Time. Make sure to tune in. And please, you know, we understand it's a difficult time right now. It's tax season. But if you could find it in your heart to help support the show, eh, that would be wonderful. You know, we uh, like I said, we're value for value here. We do not we adamantly do not believe in the advertising model, the economic system of this world that has uh, so drastically negatively affected uh, the information flow of everything going on. Um, And so that's what we do. You know, we can't get uh, we can't get demonetized if we're not monetized, Gons. So yep. that's why we Good need point. producers. You are the uh, the stabilizing force to uh, be able to let us do the work that we do. And, uh, you know, you take part, you take ownership, and it really is a big deal. So thank you very much to Daniel and the other producers uh, who have supported us so far. Um, and uh, we look forward to seeing who is able to come in on Friday. Remember, you can go to patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary cry news talk patreon.com slash canary cry radio and more musically canarycry.com slash support canary cry radio.com slash support that's right canary cry radio.com slash support thank you so much all sorts of fun ways to support the show there and remember you can also help produce the show by sending in art uh, show-related art. We'll show it on the show, and it'll be available at canarycrynewstalk.com as well as our Facebook page. I need to update. I need to put more of the art on Facebook. Haven't done that for a couple weeks. Um, you can also create jingles if you're a musically inclined person. Remember to keep them short, keep them snappy, and uh, you know if you're going to use a, a copyrighted song, You got to screw with it quite a bit as to not activate a copyright uh, ding for us, but we appreciate that as well. We can play those on the show. And uh, there you go. Another great way to support the show is by leaving a rating and a review. I'll be reading some rating and reviews on Friday. That is more important than people think. I think... um, you're, you know, you, dear listener, you're out there and you hear me sort of ramble off all these things uh, three times a week. And I get it. It's easy to become desensitized and uh, or maybe think that other people will do the thing that I'm asking. But uh, I'm telling you, other people aren't doing it. So you, dear listener, if you've got a couple minutes and, uh, you know, if producing the show, if, if becoming a supporter is not an option for you, please consider leaving leaving a rating and a review. It's, it's, I would love to read some good ratings and reviews. It's very important because it convinces the, the online algorithms and the robots to share the show with people who have not heard it before. 
and uh, it's a great way to sh- spread the show. So there you go. So keep keep that in mind. You know, there are a lot of people who listen, um, but it tends to be the case that, uh, especially when I kind of get into this repetitive stuff, that people assume other people are going to do it. And uh, I'm telling you, people don't do it. So you, yes, you, dear listener, you are the one. You are the chosen one. Listen to my voice. Go leave a rating and a review right <laughs> Don't now. get all NLP on them. <laughs> <laughs> also go to patreon.com slash CCNT. Um, so, yes, do that. We'll read some ratings and reviews. It's a good time. Uh, but one of the best ways to support the show, spread the show, is, you know, you got those people in your life. They're starting to realize that the official stories are not lining up. They're starting to realize that something fishy is going on here. And uh, the best way to help them along that journey in a way that does not put you in harm's way is simply to share an episode of the show with them. One of the best ways, I think, is to find the podcast version you know people it's much easier for people to stick a podcast in their ears during an afternoon of doing chores rather than watching a video uh you know a two-hour video so find the podcast it's on apple podcasts it's on uh, uh stitcher spotify all those things you can find the podcast send it to a friend give them something to listen to and if you are that friend if you're here listening to my voice for the first time welcome your your cage has been rattled but if you want to share it with somebody else and you need some instructions here's what you do you walk right up to him you grab him by the cage and then you what you shake it the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted i want to shake things up stir up some controversy rattle a few cages hey stop that don't ever silence me i'm the last angry man a crusader for the little guy leave the bird alone never The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right, everybody. There you go. Just ask Noah. Make sure to tune in again on Friday sometime between noon and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're excited to, to meet you back here on Friday. So, we'll see you then, everybody. But... Remember, before then, you gotta think outside the cage. You just gotta do it. <laughs> Is that how we're ending? I totally lost my mojo there at the second. All right, let me try again. Okay, everybody, see you next time on Canary Cry News Talk. But before then, remember, think outside the cage. That didn't feel right either. I forgot how to do this. Well, some bubble bottle gonna help me. Leave the bird alone. I want to stir up some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages.
I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last dang green man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last dang green man. Oh, 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 I'm the last dang green man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last dang green man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and We will launch a new age.